Hey, this is Robin Lively on Below the Belt. You can wait, hold on, let me start right here. Ready? Scratch that. <laughs> Take two. Hey, this is Robin Lively from Teen Witch, Karate Kid 3, Cobra Kai Season 5. Um, and here I am on Below the Belt, and you cannot top that. That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> The Below the Belt show is closed caption for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. Oh, I got a live one here. <laughs> Time for another episode of BTB Below the Belt in the Mother Effing House. I'm your host, Al Soto, aka Celebrity Soto, your host with the most, the most. Here, here for your weekly pleasure. And yes, once again, we are celebrating a birthday show here on BTB. And we have to announce the celebrant. That's right, fresh back. From Colorado and Utah, guys, he is the king of the 80s. He is the demotivational speaker, the one and only, the birthday boy, Chachi McFly. I mean, I've been around for way too many of these BTB birthday shows. <laughs> like, that really ages me. They come around fast. They come, they come around really fast. Around the, around the sun. And, oh. uh... and we've been in the same spot around the sun so many times. On this show, but I guess it's always a good thing being alive for that. So yes, I can't complain. The alternative, the alternative, it really is, does, right? Is uh, much better. Rather right. than broadcasting you, for twenty years than than be right. somewhere else, you, right? If you don't see the sun, that's when you have problems. Right. <laughs> exactly. But it's always a good thing starting the show off with a nice um, soundbite from the lovely Robin Ooh, Lively. Man. Wow, we're going to get into some Monster Mania chat yeah. because we had such a she good one. She is lovely. Absolutely. You made me a fan, Chachi. Uh, I initially was not starstruck or, or, or smitten by the one Robin Lively, but after uh, watching Cobra Kai and subsequently <laughs> researching Robin, watching Teen Witch and Karate Kid 3, um, I became a fan, and uh, yeah, she yeah. is absolutely amazing. But we should introduce. She's lovely, yeah. But you know what? Like we all age, but Robin Lively stays the same age. <laughs> she looks amazing, doesn't she? She's lovely, yes. Um, well, you know, um, speaking of looking good for his age, <laughs> let's go ahead and introduce. Speaking of being looking lovely, <laughs> he is affectionately known as the Persian Prince of pop culture. <laughs> He's also uh, the man with a calming presence. He is also uh, Gen Pop. 
Yeah, Gen Pop. Uh, <laughs> also, a new one. I, I, I thought of a new one. The Uh-oh. Zoddy. <laughs> the Zoddy. I like that. <laughs> well, they there's a there's a slang, an urban slang for. Yeah, I, I'm familiar with it. <laughs> right, right. So this one's urban the slang of, of what? <laughs> it's like a, a Zoddy is like an older man who's like really hot. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's what like uh, yeah, so is... so. Girls who have like daddy issues and are into older men, they call them yeah. zotties. Yeah. Okay. So zaddy, you think? Zaddy. So you're saying he's an older man who's hot? Yeah. That's yeah. What, what you're saying? <laughs> well, you know, that's a, like, that's a term well, that you I came up know. with. I mean, yes, that's the term you came up with. It's in the eye of the beholder, of course, but yeah. uh... it's in the eye of the beer holder, if that's the case. The beer holder. <laughs> the eye of the beer holder. Yes. That is a funny yeah. one. Wow, I didn't even think of that one, man. But yes, we are uh, celebrating um, all taking a, a part in a beverage um i will be switching my beverage to something more, more spirited during the break um this is not spirited um and i should should have taken taken yeah, the note from... I'm, I'm drinking a manly smirnoff ice okay <laughs> raspberry flavor nice. yeah and i've got a just as manly orange smash all right well, or as i like to describe it tang with cheap vodka <laughs> darn it and i don't have alcohol right, right now but so I if will. you get to be our age you don't care about trying to impress anybody with your alcoholic <laughs> drinks <laughs> or in my case not drinking anything right now but right. i will be during the break uh getting something i will get something spirited um but yes uh gosh it's the birthday boy uh chachi so uh let's talk about um this past saturday you you well or should we go into the trip first we can start with this past Saturday. That's fine. This past Saturday. So you yes. alluded to Robin Lively, um, who is absolutely amazing. Um, she uh, welcomed us with an amazing hug. And, uh, you know, of course, uh, we did interview her previously. So we didn't feel like we needed to interview her again. No. But no hesitation to get another photo op, right? Oh, no, no. And <laughs> this was our first east coast appearance um for a comic con so we're happy to be a part of that with our friends up monster mania monster um, mania that's put right. on a great show shout out to the hagen family oh yeah the, yep that's oaks uh, pa this is a XPA. wonderful venue it's amazing big, One big, of our nice, huge venue nice huge venue guys yep and a shout out to uh dave hagen dave hagen yes. jr and doug hagen the hagen yeah. family that produced this amazing event we're still playing um you know right now um on demand we have our dan roebuck interview from the monsters uh you can listen to from the hunt valley monster mania last month but upcoming on btb in the upcoming future shows we got some exclusive interviews chachi with the cast and the crew of terrifier 2 um, this there's is some, the, those are some true scalooses. <laughs> Terrifier <laughs> 2, Zod. Now, that movie was budgeted for $250,000, right? Mm-hmm. It, it earned over $10 million. Which is amazing. That shows, what is the uh, math on the, the percentage increase uh, you're, you're, you, <laughs> as the resident... Uh, it was two hundred fifty thousand. That's forty times. It made forty times. Forty its times. Budget. Forty times its budget. Very good. That's job. a that's a pretty good investment. Yeah. So we talked to the lovely star of um, this movie, Terrifier Two, 
Lauren Lavera, who plays Sienna. We oh, she's talk... a cutie. How isn't she? Yeah. We also talk uh, to the young actor that plays her brother. And we also talk to the director extraordinaire, Damien Leone, and casting director and producer, Jason Levy. So, again, those interviews will yeah. be in future BTB episodes. And Chachi, you had uh, one yourself with an icon from the 80s, did we not? Yes. Who did we talk to? Who did we talk to? <laughs> <laughs> no, <first> <laughs> he played Murphy, to think that. his older brother in Standby. Yes. Me. Yes. Uh, yes. What, what was his name? <laughs> pull that up on your notes there. I know. I'm sure well, I got to pull it up now. Um, he played Eyeball Chambers on Standby Me, which is how you know I know him by. That's right. His name is Bradley Gregg. Actor yes. Bradley Gregg. Um, another exclusive interview that will he be. He told some cool stories about River Phoenix and working on the set and how they were friends. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, yeah, but the um, Terrifier two p- people, I mean, they were the longest lines, you know, at the con, and uh, it's just crazy to see that movie taken off. And they already told us there will be a Terrifier three. Yep. That is so, exclusive uh, here on which BTV. is not. Too hard to um, imagine yeah. <laughs> because with the amount of money they made for part two, you know, there's right. got to be a part three. Yeah, and we talked to the creators, uh, both the cast and crew, um, and uh, some great, great interviews. So um, not too many. It was, we didn't want to be inundated, you know, but uh, I think we got five quality interviews from Monster Mania. Yeah. Picked up some uh, horror-themed coffee. I think it's called Deadly Coffee. but uh, Deadly Grounds. Have- yeah, De- Deadly, thank you, Deadly Grounds. I don't think it contains any more caffeine content in your typical coffee because that's what the uh, the vendor had, had, had told me. But uh, I was thinking it was like one of those coffees that will keep you up all night yeah. like a zombie. <laughs> well, um, it was cool seeing all the Halloween and monster stuff um, yeah. at this con, you know, because Halloween's over. But it's cool to let it go another week by being exactly. here. But they have a they're adding an extra yeah. show next year, Monster Mania, another Hunt Valley show. So they're gonna have one. In the um, spring, too, they usually only have the Hunt Valley one in the spring, so they're going to have one in the spring and, and fall. Spring um, and the fall. Adding it, it, usually there's only one in the one. fall, but it's going to be right. two seasons next year. So Wow. Excited. Yeah, so, of course, Monster Mania. They, they bring a lot of uh, Chachi's favorites, it seems. They yeah, do. they do. They do. They, uh, they bring a lot of nostalgia acts, um, but a lot of current stars, both in pop culture and horror. Yeah, we see um, all the Terrifier people. You know, they're brand new. Yep, and you know we couldn't even get uh, um interview with the actor who the actor who played the um clown, the, Art um, the clown, yeah. Art the clown, yeah. yeah. His line was just insane the whole entire time, and we couldn't. It's hard to interrupt um, a lot of these stars when their line is, you know, super long because they need to get to the fans <laughs> right. and, and make their money. You know, yeah. Like we don't want to interrupt them when they're making their money. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, Chachi, since uh, yeah, you turned uh. Another year older. Uh, in another page. Great, another it, page. <laughs> turn another page in the great state of Utah, which you told me was your 48 out of 50 states now visited, correct? Right. That's right. Yeah. I set out, um, I think it was probably like six years ago around that time frame to see every state in this great country. And I'm now up to 48. I got all the continental states now checked off. Um, wow. So now I just need Alaska and Hawaii. But uh you never been to Hawaii? Kind of surprised about that. You sound so surprised. Yeah, why is that surprising? <laughs> it's like, 
I don't know. You're more it's, it, that it would you're, seem you're more like surprised about it, Hawaii versus all 48 states. Yeah, <laughs> well, like, like I mean, <laughs> if I said if I said I've never been to New Jersey, then you could be like, oh wow, you've never been to New Jersey? That's that's yeah, crazy. <laughs> but Hawaii. Well, like, what I mean by that is it seems like uh, you know Hawaii would be a destination to go to before you visit somewhere like I don't know, like Arkansas. And well, yeah. But that's that's the whole point of visiting all the states because you're going to see states that you never would go to otherwise. Like I didn't go to right. the states in my order of the states I wanted to see the most, or maybe like some of the um, early states. You know that was the case. You know, like people always people don't go to um, Nevada for Vegas. People want to go to California right. for mm-hmm. L.A. People want to go to Florida for Orlando and Miami. But if you start going to all the states, then you're going to see stuff like. Um, you know, Arkansas, you're going to see like Michigan, you're going to see, you know, the North Dakota, South Dakota, I mean, you're going to see these states that, you know, might not be on the very top of um, everybody's list, but if you go there, you're going to see really cool, awesome stuff, you know, and, and all these states are so different from one another, you know, it's going across the country, you're, it's just the landscape is so totally different, you know, the, but, you know, what I found out is most of the people are super cool in all these states. Um, and basically I started, I wanted to do this because, you know, I don't know, if you if you watch, um, you know, if you look at the media and you look at politicians and people are always are always down in this country for various reasons, you know, and, you know, this country has done bad stuff in the past. But if you if you travel in modern day around this country, you know, you, I wanted to see like what this country is really about. And I found out like in every state I travel to, there's just awesome people and people are, who are there to help you and, and to show you new cool things and there's and, also um, always something different to offer yeah oh yeah and Utah and Colorado unique about every state they're, they're very unique very unique and like I've been to Denver um, briefly two years ago when I went out west and saw like seven states out west uh, with my dad and brother but um, got to see a lot more around Denver this time got to see a ton of movie locations um saw a very cool restaurant that's right up my alley called totally awesome pizza which is a uh, um in fort collins colorado which is a whole pizza place slash 80s museum <laughs> really oh yeah it was amazing and you go inside and they just like, have like, like 80s from back to the future too it's kind of like that. Yeah, it was kind of kind of cafe eighties. It was, but you know, way more uh, memorabilia, way more eighties stuff. It, it it was like actually being in an eighties museum. Just the amount wow, of stuff they had. Wow, you must have been heaven. Oh yeah, like like P. B. Herman's bicycle and like like a replica of um of of the T um T two. I mean the T um what was um Schwarzenegger? Was that the T one thousand in Terminator two? But his character for Terminator two um yeah you know, old lunch boxes, old cereal boxes like Mr T cereal. Um, and really good um, pizza, really good food, um, ton, tons of autographs. They had uh, um, one of Pauly Shore in the bathroom of the urinal because they had a note there saying that they told him that they ran an 80s museum. I guess they go around and go to different cons and stuff when when they can and get stuff signed. And they told him they were in the 80s museum, and he said he told him that was stupid. And then, like, they told him that they liked all his characters from his movies, and he said that was stupid, too. So they ended up <laughs> getting the autograph and just putting that story over the urinal for <laughs> prosperity. <laughs> but, yeah, like, um, traveled down um, southern um, Colorado over to Four Corners, which is where um, New Mexico, um, New Mexico, Arizona, 
um, Colorado and Utah all come together in a corner. And it's uh, wow. I actually get to walk across walk across the corner um, from Colorado over to um, Utah right there for my 48th state. And they got to see stuff like uh, Monument Valley where Forrest Gump ended his um, cross-country run <laughs> right there in an iconic spot where a lot of people were doing the Forrest Gump um, run. <laughs> I have the to, camera. R- really quick, I have to laugh at a really yeah. funny meme of, of Forrest Gump running. It was basically a viral video of a girl saying that she'd offer a blowjob uh, to a man in uh, Bryan County. And then there was just a <laughs> montage of all these great movies of, of, of for instance, uh, Johnny Depp's uh, Jack Sparrow sailing the ship, Forrest Gump running, uh, Tom Cruise jumping on an airplane uh, to actually go to Bryan County. Well, that thing you sent me, that was actually the woman who uh, sucked off the penis of a, of a guy. That right. was a news article. Right, so that everybody. Right. Everybody wanted to um, <laughs> see this girl who right. who could suck strong enough to actually suck, suck off a penis. Off penis. Yeah, suck off a penis. That's what, that's what it said in the news article. Yeah, that's what it said in the news article. Yeah, that's so, some pretty powerful so, Hoover lips suction. Yeah, so yeah. so that's some uh, powerful what like uh, <laughs> mouth muscles or. What actually causes suction? I guess it's the. Um... Well, you tell us. You tell us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, like it's a suck. Tell us. Tell us your technique. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd like to call out. They call it Dyson. That's that's so crazy. Like, uh, <laughs> you'll have to send me this article. I haven't seen this article. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a it's a, a viral meme, but Chacha, continue. I know you were talking about the, all these like yeah, I know. Patients. Gen pops, Gary, take some notes down. Right. By the way, to John. find out how to improve his um his game. <laughs> but <laughs> but then I went to like Arches, um, which is a national park in Utah, and I'm sure a lot of people have seen the famous arches, um, you know, that are naturally created out of um out of stone out there. Um, went up to. Salt so Lake City area, saw so a lot of cool movies, um, locations out there. Like um, that's where they filmed um, movies, like such as Dumb and Dumber. They filmed The Sandlot. They they filmed Footloose. So saw all the Footloose locations. Um, went up to Southern Idaho and saw like a lot of the locations where they <coughs> filmed Napoleon Dynamite. Yes. And that town looks almost identical to how it looked in the movie. So it's always cool to see. You just mentioned two movies that are also in that viral video. Napoleon oh, yeah, Dynamite. yeah. Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> and Dumb and Dumber. They're also in this viral video. I just sent it to you, Zod, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, I got it up. I can see it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it was definitely a stressful time to travel to these states because I was oh. traveling to the um, Stanley Hotel. And that's where they uh, filmed a lot of Dumb and Dumber scenes. And it's a famous hotel because that's where Stephen King stayed in the 70s. And he gave him inspiration for writing The Shining. And it's supposed to be like a highly haunted um, hotel and a beautiful hotel. But I, I was drove... saying, one of those places that was like, you can tell like in its uh, in its heyday, it was this like amazingly opulent and nice place where... Um... And it's kind of like in decay, but you can see like its highlights. No, it's not. It's not in decay at all. It's still like very nice, very fancy hotel. Um, but uh, yeah, like um, yeah, if you if you've seen the movie The Shining, um, it's very much like that hotel. It wasn't it wasn't filmed there. They, they did film a mini series for The Shining in there before, but um, the actual Shining movie wasn't filmed there. Oh, the one with um, the uh, what's his name, the guy from Wings. 
It probably was. I know it was around that time period. Same. He played Jack Nichol uh, Jack Nicholson's right. character in the in the miniseries. All right. Okay. I'm okay. Yeah. 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 That's fine. Um, but you know, it's crazy. Like when you're going around a GPS and you don't know the area, the GPS oh, tells you like where to go. But not knowing, I went from the totally. Um, the totally 80s pizza place and i went to the the um the shining hotel and not knowing that was up in the mountains you know because on the gps it just told me which direction to go you know i know this is going to start going up a hill and i went up the mountain and they were calling for snow that night in um denver you know and the day before i got out there it was like 70 degrees so i'm like okay it should be fine nothing's going to stick it was 70 degrees yesterday but i was going up the mountain which i did not, did not know I, I went around the hotel for like an hour you know, and there's a little bit of flurries before I went in there, and I came out, and the snow was coming down a lot harder. So I'm like, okay, let me get back back down to my hotel in Denver. So I started working my way down the mountain, basically. And, you know, I had a 4 by 4 like a Jeep 4 by 4 you know, four-wheel drive. Started getting down the hill, and all of a sudden people started braking, and then my car just started doing, like, 360s. And it was terrifying. A and horror movie. A horror movie, you're living, yeah. You're living a horror movie. Free, yeah, I would be and, freaked the fuck out if I was on a fucking oh, mountain skidding oh, 360 degrees. Zod, did you hear what Chachi said? Of course. Yeah, he 360 care, but... degrees. Oh, that, yeah. would, uh, <laughs> that would terrify me, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But luckily, where, where it happened at, there happened to be a, um, a road that, that turned left right there. So I was able to, to skid where the road was, where no cars were, luckily, and somehow got my bearings and stopped, um, you know, stopped rotating around and i was facing the opposite way at this point so i'm like i was facing back up the hill so i'm like fuck it i'm gonna go back up that hill because i'm not going down this fucking mountain <laughs> you know after that <laughs> happened because you know cause i don't know the way down there and i don't know what's down there so i got back up the hill had no cell phone service right then you know there's a lot of places out there no cell phone service so i get up the hill and luckily i was able to, to find a, a cheap 70 dollar hotel in the area that was um had vacancy and you know, I already had the hotel down Denver book, which I lost. So I spent the night, you know, I had Jimmy John's Better order me some risk food. Better than your life, right? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, Jimmy John's delivered the food, and I figured, like, well, it's going to stop snowing that night. In the morning, hopefully we'll be better. And it, it, they plowed during the night, but I still had to go down that hill in the morning. It's the only way to get back down to Denver, and it was miserable. It was like a half-hour drive, you know, at least the speed I was going. And I was going super slow. It was still slushy and ice spots and stuff, but it wasn't as bad as the night before. But there's just so many twists and turns. And there's like just, you know, the cliff and there's a lot of places with no guardrails. And if you were to slide the wrong way, you could just fall off the fucking cliff and die. So it was super stressful. I had like Whew. 15 cars wow, behind me Josh, backing I'm up. Glad you're still with us. Oh, my, I'm glad too. It's, yeah. And, and it took me half an hour to get down there, 15 cars behind me. I don't care how slow I was going to piss them off. I was going to get down there alive. And I did. And, I, and then I had a, um, my friend's mother who lives in Myrtle Beach. She um, texted me um, the next day. She's like, oh, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, why? She's like, oh, I know you're in Denver. And I saw on the news there was like a 100-car pileup. Mm-hmm. So down in Denver that night, there was a 100-car pileup, which was pretty close to where I was staying at. So I'm not sure if I would have went through that area or not. But it was just like, you know, slick ice. They weren't inspecting it. And 100 cars um, crashed. So I was glad that I did the safe thing. I stayed up in um, – the top of the mountain and it kind of felt like um kind of like the movie misery you know when he um crashed in the snow and right. then um kathy bates kind of like nursed him back to health but then tortured him and stuff so it kind of felt like that <laughs> it really did kind of felt like i was living a stephen king um nightmare 
But wow. No, definitely, definitely a better ending than most of those. Better wow. ending. You made it home safe, and you're you're back here on the East Coast. Yeah, well, yeah. So for, yeah. One of the things, Shachi, that I really admire is that, you know, you uh, you just go travel by yourself all the time. And uh, that's not something I could do. Like I would, uh, I would get all like anxious and antsy. But you're, you seem totally comfortable with it, and I really admire. Well, it gets, yeah. Well, luckily, I had a friend who, um, from high school, middle school, who I grew up with, and he lives in Utah. So I got to stay with him for a few days. Okay. You know, um, met this other girl that um, I knew out in Denver. So it's like, it's kind. Of, sometimes it's easier to travel by yourself. You can just go at your own pace. You don't like if you're not hungry, you don't need to stop to eat food. You know, like. Travel with, you know, um, girls it in the past. It takes a lot and... of patience for those movie photo sets. Oh, my God, yeah. And, and, which, you know, I, I did that with Chachi <laughs> McFly in Brooklyn, and it was a lot of work. Yeah, and that was the easier one, too. And, um, <laughs> Going to the, the other ones. Yeah, like it took me, like, like, it took me an hour, like, finding one of these Footloose locations. Um, the one where they had, like, the, tra- the tractor um, dodge scene with um, Kevin Bacon. It took me, like, an hour to find that uh, exact location. So it's not always easy or fast. And some locations are hard to find, but I get, I've got most of the locations now that I've ever wanted to see from movies that I love from over the years. So, yeah. Well, we got only two more states, um, Hawaii and, uh, and Alaska. And uh, Well, I won't be going to Alaska for my birthday because <laughs> it's going to be way too cold next year. So right. that's definitely going to be during a warm time period. Um, there you go. But, yeah, yeah. I, I'm done going to anywhere cold for my birthday because <laughs> i'm not gonna risk hawaii these baby. roads well even even coming home i came home from utah mm-hmm. to um to denver i'm salt lake city to denver and i had to go through wyoming which is an eight-hour drive and it was clear and nice when i left and it snowed the day before in that area but you know i figured okay it was a whole day you know they plowed everything got halfway got halfway down there and like it started getting icy and and stuff and like you know, there's an hour back up, like, and I found out later on that somebody died on the road, Jeez. which caused the hour back up. Yeah, yeah. And like, and the GPS was trying to tell me to go like some side road to avoid the backup. And I got up to where the, where the side road was, and it was just, you know, still covered with snow from the day before. So I'm like, fuck that. I'm not going that road. I'm just going to sit in this traffic, however long it takes. And I saw a, I saw a truck um, go down there and got off and went on the side road. And he it looked like he was, he was hauling another truck behind him. And he went right down the road, right into a ditch. I saw the whole thing happen. And I'm like, I get to like a uh, little town. And uh, I was talking to the um, cashier at one of the um, gas stations. And I'm like, and she was talking to some, somebody else about the road being closed up ahead because of the fatality. And it, it might have been reopened by now. And she said there was like some black ice and stuff. And I'm, I asked her, I'm like, well, you think it's safe to go now? Or would you recommend spending the night? She's like, well, if it's me. I definitely spend the night, you know, like in this town or whatever. And I'm like, you know, say no more, you know, because she's used to driving on those roads and I'm not. I'm like, if she thinks the roads are bad, I'm staying the night. And then I, I say the night, and then next morning the roads were a lot more dry and clear. But and it's still a lot. There's a ton of hills after I left that town. So I'm really glad I didn't try to go and tackle those hills with the ice. And I, you know, I drove all this way, and like I get to um, Fort Collins again, where the 80s pizza thing was, but I didn't go there. But like it was nice and dry. It was close to Denver, like an hour from Denver. And I, after driving through the ice and snow, I stopped at a um, roundabout. You know, somebody was in the roundabout, so I let them go through. And this guy fucking hits me from behind. <laughs> at the, Jeez, you know, Jesus yeah, very, Christ. very lightly. And we pulled Holy over. Shit. We couldn't find. You got into yeah. an accident. Wow. Yeah, just sitting there waiting for 
the roundabout to clear. Too he, wasn't paying a, he wasn't too paying attention. So I pulled over. We didn't. We couldn't see any damage or whatever. And I guess insurance information just in case. But I'm like, I made through all this, you know, hell and you know, snow and ice and shit. And then I get to a nice, you know, warm, clear spot. And then a guy hits me from behind. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, fuck it. I'm I'm going somewhere warm next year. Well, you got Hawaii, so yeah, yeah that, I think that's Hawaii. But uh, wow, what what a story and uh, what a trip, Chachi McFly. We uh, yeah, you're on the birthday show, so you suggested a topic, uh, which would be um, birthday traditions or maybe a, a favorite birthday memory. Yeah. Um, you just mentioned one, so and this is your topic, so I guess you can mention a different one. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. well, definitely for me. I travel every year on my birthday, and I've been doing it, I think, probably for the last, like, maybe like 12 years. <clears throat> um, because I, I used to stay, you know, back in the day, I remember going to work on my birthday, and I, I did that maybe one time, just starting off with my career. And, you know, everybody's like, happy birthday in the morning, and then you're stuck at work the rest of the day, and it's, it's miserable. Depressing. Yeah. It's depressing, and they might do that, that whole cake thing where they pretend like, you know, it's, it's a surprise, but you know what's going on, because they call you in the office, and then people say right. happy birthday to you. Kind of like a half-ass rendition of happy birthday. I mean, it's all nice and stuff, but, like, I never wanted to be, like, working on my birthday ever again, and then I, I never was. But then I used to do stuff around the town, like, regular, or go out to, to a club in Baltimore or whatever, but then kind of got bored of all that when it's stuff that you do every other week. So exactly. I've exactly. always tried to get away somewhere on my birthday and always, you know, be away on my birthday. So that worked out, you know, great. Like, you know, last year going to um, New Orleans, um, Arkansas and um, Oklahoma last year. And then the year before that, going with my dad and brother and visiting all the Dakotas and Wyoming and Idaho and Colorado out west. And then just going somewhere different every single year. But, you know, one of my favorite traditions that, you know, I'm always grateful for is that, you know, my mom, Mama Chachi, calls me every year right on the time that I was born. So the exact minute that I was born and she never forgets and makes sure that she calls me exactly on the dot on the exact minute that I was born. So I was super appreciative of that, you know, and having, you know, my parents with me like that, you know, and having my mom do that tradition for me, uh, I think is always really special. But definitely a highlight for me every birthday. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. How about Zod? Zod, do you have yeah. a favorite birthday tradition or memory? And while okay. you're doing that, I actually got to think of one myself. Awesome. Well, for a lot of my life, uh, my birthday was uh, because of uh, some poor timing on my parents' part, I guess. Um, I was, uh, since I was born in early December, what that usually meant was my birthday was always during final exams. <laughs> or it, it is it, it was always you know it was in the middle of the christmas season where like that's right it's like already like busy yeah. and like they, they you know they have like their own like christmas shit to deal with and everything right and like when i was a kid like you know my parents were good you know they were good enough that they would uh you know give me presents for my birthday and then um you know i'd still get, get the separate presents. yeah yeah, yeah. But still, I mean, kind of, it kind of, um, you know, put a damper on like my birthday being seen as something special. But I do have a couple of good memories. Like one of them, I remember, um, it was the first year actually I was dating um, my now wife, Michelle. 
Oh, well, I guess I'm not supposed to use names, but <laughs> Mrs. General. Yeah, Mrs. General. Yeah. Then Miss General. Yeah, then Ms. Uh, Miss General. That is very true. And um, she uh, she totally got me. I mean, this is like, you know, we've been dating for like a year or so. And um, it wasn't quite my birthday yet. But, you know, she told me that there was this uh, this big uh, this big important emergency that like at her job that I needed to help her with. And so I went there and it turns out it was a big surprise party with like all my friends and family that I never, which was really cool. That was something that really shocked me because I didn't really think uh, people, you know, did that stuff. But it's like, uh, but it was really, really cool. And I still remember that to this day. And the other one, which is kind of a kind of a big deal i guess is the fact that my son was born the day after my birthday so so that's a that's kind of a big deal too and that was a uh kind of a and that's that's something i always remember with my birthday even though because my son my son's birthday is the day after people completely forget mine it's still still oh man (laughs) it's still a nice reminder that um you know, a lot of good stuff happens in early December. Yeah, but nice. you um, were upset about having your birthday this time of year, and then you poorly planned your son's birthday to be the same exact time of the year. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, but yeah, something awesome about a surprise party. Like, I, I've been the recipient of one before for my 21st birthday. And I, I believe it was like a, nice. might have been a week before my 21st. But it's crazy when you walk in and like, especially when they can pull it off and you have zero idea, which I had no idea. Yeah. And you walk in and you see, right. And you see all these people from different areas of your life. You never see together and your brain is like, what's going on? Like like this person is not usually around this person and vice versa. And like, you're looking around and your brain, it takes a while. It takes a few seconds to comprehend what the hell is going on by seeing the, you're like, am I dead? Like you're seeing these people together that you'd never see together. (laughs) But yeah, it's really cool. They can pull that off. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, on this time of the um, super birthday is early December, which my brother's is too. Um, you also get robbed. Cause my dad's birthday is in January, and he definitely got robbed growing up, be- being a, a January baby. Cause um, by then, like at least in his family, everybody was mm-hmm. broke from Christmas. So when his birthday came right along, he kind of got like scraps or whatever for that mm-hmm. time of year. But yeah, like, I always wonder, like. You, do you think that um, Jesus got um, ripped off on his birthday? You think like people gave him <laughs> gifts and they're like, hey, this is for your birthday and Christmas. Birthday and Christmas. That's yeah. our friend Brigetta Tamarchio. She, her, she's uh, a Christmas baby. Yeah. I, would, I would hate that. I would hate that. At least my birthday. Yeah. My birthday is 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 late, but you know, being early November, it's kind of like the cutoff point where you can still celebrate it, and you're not kind of you're not really in Christmas mode yet. Most people aren't, and like. I always kind of enjoy having like I love Halloween and having my birthday is kind of like something in between that and Thanksgiving and then Christmas. So it's kind of like all the holidays and like like four in a row that I get. Yeah, which is, is pretty which cool. Is fantastic. That is I mean, that just adds to the yeah. festivity of the season. And mm-hmm. and I was born early, so I was supposed to be born like, um, you know, in December. But I'm like, you know, screw that. I'm not getting, I'm not getting ripped off my whole life. I'm going to come out, out here early. Yeah. Good. Yeah, sounds like a paratrooper. <laughs> There's a well, great song by this band called um which I don't remember the name of the band, but it's called Children of the Children of December and it's all about being born in December. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. 
Nice. Which I'll have to look up the band's name. Cool, we'll find that. I'll send it to my brother. Well, for me, we want, I don't... We want to hear Al's take on his birthday. Well, you know what? I, you know, I, I don't do too many trips away from my birthday because I think the most important thing for me is to have my friends and family nearby. Right. Uh, and uh, and drinking one uh, in the uh, the sorrow that once you hit uh, a certain age, <laughs> you want to be comforted by those that, yeah, that you once love. Once you hit 18. Right. <laughs> right. So friends and family. Um, but I always have a, a point. I always make it a point to do a family night dinner. And I also plan to have a friend's night. And I think that's always been great. And uh and if anyone misses my birthday, you're more than welcome to take me out for lunch or dinner on another day. <laughs> I feel like I've celebrated this past birthday every uh, every weekend in September, um, for for the most part. Um, I did have one birthday weekend away in Los Angeles, and um, since I do have a lot of friends, and at the time my sister was living in Los Angeles, they were able to attend. Uh, this is before my nephew, of course, and. Um, our buddy Art Hall was in the house, and Katie Wicker, and Curtis Murphy, and our buddy Ted Mayer, who uh, actually told me at that birthday that um, come back next month because he thinks he had a hookup for the Playboy Mansion at Candyland. So uh. that that would that might have been one of my favorite um, news bits to get. Um, because hell yeah, in a one month turnaround, or was it two months? Um, I can't remember the month of that, that particular event, but uh, I remember it being close to when he when when my birthday took place. I had a birthday party in Los Angeles that that you should come back for the Candyland Playboy Mansion. Oh man, <laughs> a party and uh, and it felt like my birthday again when I went to the Playboy Mansion because it was so. Tachi, you've been to the Playboy Mansion. I think it's uh, oh, still the best it, party I've ever been it's, to. It's just personally. ridiculous. Uh, it's the, some of the most fun you can have. Uh, there's a lot of tales that you can't tell supposedly, but there's a lot of celebrities, a lot of beautiful women. I wish of, they turned that place into a museum after half died. <laughs> should they should? Like, oh my a lot god! A lot of lot of history there. They better give it a, a thorough cleansing. You know what I mean? Uh, they do that. What do they do with it now? I mean, Hef's been dead for what? It's like, been bought by like a um, a tech startup billionaire, I think. Oh, I yeah, think he totally like, remodeled the whole thing. Like I don't, yeah. I don't think it's anything like how it was. Oh, know, does he? Does he live there? Like uh, he lived next door, right? And like, I think he had the house next door, and he like bought that just for like more property. Right. Hmm. So I don't think he's gonna have any wild parties with naked women running around, but uh, I don't know. Be, I think the, the be Playboy these days. the Playboy era is pretty much done anyway. So that's certainly uh, a time yeah, especially like for the history books. Especially when you had women who lived there for free, and and now they cry about they had to follow rules while they lived in a mansion for free. <laughs> That's you know? right. Oh, I had to be home by 10 p.m. Oh my God, right. I'm so oppressed. If they live in this. <laughs> Lovely mansion for free and get a, an oh. allowance each week. That's how to follow some rules. Mm. Oh. Wow. All right. Well, guys, why don't we throw to, uh, some stuff going on into the world of entertainment here on BTV? So here we go. It is time for the Hollywood Report. That's hot. That's bananas. That's off the chain. All right, the box office, and this was uh, 
A night Zod and I uh, hung out. We always like to hang out for geek movie night, right? <laughs> and that's uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Uh, the number one movie at the box office. No surprise there, guys. It's shocking. $187 million over the weekend. It didn't reach the first Black Panther opening weekend of $208 million. Well, but nonetheless, I mean, still, think the first movie was better. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we both agree on that one. Yeah. Well, um, and, and, and you know it's way better when the critics gave this one, like, I think, at 85%. Like, so that means it was probably more around, like, a 45%, you know, with the critics who are afraid to give it, it a negative were, review. Right, to give it a negative review. And 85, yeah. you know, it's still very respectable if, if, if you're, yeah. um, you know, legitimately uh, rating the film. Uh, audience scores uh, well into the 90, I think 95% last I checked. But um, deserving of, of its box office draw. I mean, General, you were thoroughly entertained. I was thoroughly entertained, for sure. I was entertained. There were um, some parts that I thought were a little slow. and um, But, I mean, it worked. It definitely... Um, it definitely knew what its strengths were, because, like... Um, you know, one of its big strengths is this um, kind of uh, the idea that Wakanda is supposed to represent this kind of like almost like utopian vision for um, an African nation. Yeah, an African nation and especially for like uh, especially for African-Americans and black people yes. around the world who are, yes. you know, tend to be tend to be you know not living as well as uh, as as others so they see this and it's mm. kind of utopian and it's um and that's uh, and that's definitely like you can tell like especially like when we saw it you could tell by like the uh, the crowd reactions to lots of stuff because right you know we were we were there um with with a lot of african americans and wait, wait. You didn't wait the um the four week period. I guess you guys. I guess you guys could find a loophole. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. we had the we had the press pass, so we could go. Okay. Still, people of color though. So. Yeah, yeah exactly. People. I still color. gotta wait. I still gotta wait three weeks. Unfortunately, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm counting down out of my calendar to to see it sometime right. in December. But, well, like uh, one of the problems, <laughs> it really really hurts from the. I mean, from the absence of Chadwick Boseman. And, absolutely, absolutely. And you know, obviously, that is completely unavoidable, and there's nothing they could do about that. And you know, to recast him. Yeah, like, I imagine a lot of people would have thought it pretty tacky to recast him. I personally wouldn't have bothered me, but I've already talked about how like recasting and like superhero stuff usually doesn't bother me. And, it does for me. It really does for me, so I'm glad they didn't go decide to go that route. But can we talk a little about the movie Chachi? I know you haven't seen it yet, but uh, I, mean, I guess you have some high levels. Don't have any. I mean, like, uh, I mean, like, are you worried about being spoiled? Um, I'm sure I'll see it one day. You know, maybe after okay. the um, well, the four there's week. A, um, there's there's a way to bring back T'Challa, <laughs> and they 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 did so in the post credit scenes and okay. revealed that. That Chadwick Boseman's T'Challa had a son with Nakia, played by uh, Lupita Nyong'o, and Lupita Nyong'o's character of Nakia actually moved to Haiti and kept the son a secret because I guess you know wanted to, I guess not. What do you? Why do you think she she ran uh, to Haiti, Zod? 
to 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 try to give um, young T'Challa a better life, to kind of hide him from from maybe well, what, did she, what was the reason that she gave in the movie? Something mm-hmm. about escaping from the um, the chaos of being one of the Dora Milaje. Right. And um, so, I mean, Haiti, it was a, it was a little surprising she would go somewhere like Haiti, but maybe not because, I mean, they showed she was like the schoolmaster in a school. Oh, I guess I'll, I'll stop now. Well, we have someone else joining us. We're just talking about Black Panther, but now we got Sweet Chocolata. Yeah, look at that. I'm going to see that this week. Yes. What's going on, Sabrina? How you doing, Sabrina? Sab- hey, I miss seeing you in person so I can get some wonderful desserts. Oh, I miss seeing you too. We are <laughs> well, I'll tell you about our Christmas party off air, but we are having okay. one. All of you guys are invited. I mean not oh, okay. our listeners or viewers, but not the listeners, not the listeners. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I mean that's your hot. If you're a hot listener, you can hit up Sabrina. Sure. Maybe sure. get on get on the invite. Oh my god. <laughs> What's up, Savvy Taylor Smith? Are you join us for a little bit to hang out? I can. I can for a little bit. I am okay. orchestrating a house clean right now. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So definitely yeah. uh, chime in with us uh as we uh talk about some some awesome movie stuff but zod and i really enjoyed black panther and i think you'll enjoy it as well it, uh, oh i can't wait to see it i'm going to see it this week yeah the the special effects were first rate um and i i love the the new atlantis which is yeah takatan right right zod talacan i think it was takalan that's Talk-a-lon. what they right yeah. So they didn't want to call it Atlantis because of the DCEU. They already use Atlantis with Aquaman. Mm-hmm. Well, so was it Atlantis went... in the comics? Yeah, it's Atlantis in the oh, comics. Okay. Yeah. But they, yeah, so Marvel and DC both had their version of Atlantis. But I think this is a good move. Well, I mean, they changed enough about uh, Prince Namor's um, mythos that it made sense. I mean,. Namor, the character in the MCU, and I mean, in terms of his history and his, well, ethnicity and all of that stuff, right. completely different than it is in the comics. I mean, they kept his his character traits. Like, the thing about Namor is that he's always supposed to be really, like, kind of arrogant and an asshole, but you can see, like, the honor, uh, the sense of honor behind it, and he's, like, overall kind of heroic, even if he's kind of an asshole at the same time. And... Like, uh, kind of like me. Characters. Yeah. And so, like, they really got that right, and Tanakh Huerta, like... Tanakh Huerta? Pretty fantastic job, didn't he? Yeah, he 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 hit the ball out of the park. I mean, he really, really could do it well. And even if like that's not the the way I totally imagined Namor would be in, in the movie, because he was always a character I always really liked a lot in the comics. And um, he's like, I would have loved if they would have uh, at least hinted at like uh, his like history. Like um, he's like. He's one of the few Marvel characters that actually dates back to, like, the 1940s. He came out at the same time Captain America did. Ah, okay. Around um, World War II. Did and... you buy his first issue from the store when it came out? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, <laughs> it was okay. 1941. So you've been a fan. 
And I walked I into the five way dime back. and flicked them a quarter, and I got myself an issue of here, here's a quarter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two surprising uh, One chilling. appearances in Black Panther as well. Uh, my former boss on Veep, Julie Louis-Dreyfus, uh, playing her very elaborate character as Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. <laughs> so it was kind of an interesting tie-in, Zod, to have her, uh, you know, in the Black Panther movie, right? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, she didn't really do much in the movie, but <laughs> she was there. And like, and also, we also re- revealed that uh, she is indeed the the ex wife of Ross. Yeah, which was a which was a bit of a surprise. That uh, I don't know where they're going because like I thought like the whole thing with her appearing is that she was gonna get a character like another character for like the Thunderbolts because she's gonna be like the person who puts together the, the, the Thunderbolts, Thunderbolts, which is DC's oh, sorry Marvel's version of Suicide Squad in a way. Yeah, yeah, but they didn't do anything with that. So like, I mean, it didn't really. I mean, unless they're gonna have like an uh, a surprise Ironheart appearance in Thunderbolts or something like that, it's mm-hmm. like a um, like there was no need for her to be there. Mm-hmm. And of course, also the one and only Killmonger, played by Michael B. Jordan. And that was uh, a legit great. That was a legit great appearance, and that did surprise and me. He, well, so as you know, he did die in the first Black Panther, but they brought him back in the form of, uh, I guess, a hallucination uh, that um, that Shuri had while taking the uh, the powerful herb, I guess, right? That the the um, the potion that that enhances her powers to to take on the black mantle right the, of a black panther you know i'm wondering if we should have not mentioned that because we just spoiled it for both of them but <laughs> it's like well we all know shuri shuri was always uh known to be the next black panther She's, well she yeah. wears the suit in the trailer yeah yeah that's true so someone that's, someone oh. has to take over you know Right. I mean, but the whole thing with Killmonger, that was that was cool to see. I'll say that. Yeah. I mean, I still had my hopes out for um, Leonardo DiCaprio oh, being okay. the next Black Panther, but it didn't happen. <laughs> Leonardo, come on, man. <laughs> what? He's a, he's a great actor. He's, he's a, a great phenomenal actor. actor, dude. You know how many people be up in arms? Why? <laughs> I, I thought I thought color didn't matter at all for any movie. You're not, you're not thinking like Mads Mikkelsen or someone from like Norway, like someone from the great Norwegian um, cinema, like someone Swedish or Norwegian. Wait, so are you saying like Robert Downey Jr.'s character from um, what was that movie? Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder. Yeah. Not that. No. Is that? Not going. That'll probably be like... frowned upon. That would be frowned upon. <laughs> okay. See, Sabrina, you had I'd a be, comment. I'd be against I think that. You had a comment earlier. I don't think we caught it. What? <laughs> oh, okay. oh, I said people would horribly be offended by that because he's like one of the first like black superheroes. Right. So, yeah, they would be horribly offended if like, you know, <laughs> a not. He's actually the very first black superhero, um, at least yeah, the very so first like, Marvel superhero, black Marvel superhero. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the comics. I think I said that originally, but then I was like, oh, I might be incorrect. So I backtracked. Mm-hmm. But and well, like, yeah, honestly, like, to be fair, I don't I don't offended if white guy played it, you know, just because, you know, it's supposed to be one of those like 
hey, we can have superheroes too moment, you know. <laughs> that makes sense. When oh. did the Brown Hornet come out from um, Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids? <laughs> the Brown what Hornet. What year was it? That was probably in the that 70s. Was, that, was like, that was like in the 70s. I don't know. I still love the Brown Hornet. I want to see a movie <laughs> on that. All right. Brown so corn. Yeah, from the um, Fat Albert cartoon. Yeah, that was the that was the superhero that that the Cosby kids loved yeah. to watch. Yeah. He had like a was he like a comic book or was that like a cartoon in the Fat Albert universe that they would? Yeah, I think it was a cartoon of Fat Albert. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes. So Black Panther, sure of course. True. Do not sit past the end credits. There's a mid-credit scene, what? but but don't waste your time on the the post-credit scene because there's none. And the reason the reason is because this is the last movie in phase <laughs> four of the MCU. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> what, a, what a horrible um phase. You didn't enjoy the phase, um, huh? No, compared to the other phases, my God, like. <laughs> <laughs> it was mostly misses. I mean, I love the um, the new Spider-Man one. I think they're that was the only. Shorter, yeah, they're doing shorter phases now. You know, yeah. so. Uh, yeah, yeah, the new Spider-Man was, I thought, was the only good one they had. The new um, Spider-Man is the only one that you like, and of course, some of the series. Was it called Home Away from Home? Home Sweet Home. <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man No Way Home. No Way Home. Yeah. <laughs> it was the only good one out of this whole phase. I thought. Well, I haven't seen. I haven't seen the Wakanda Forever yet, but. I, I, Enjoyed that one more than the others as well. Yeah, but yeah, well, about the quality, you're the quality from the other phase, it's just gone down so much, you know. Like, well, even if you're not, they redeem themselves. Yeah, the Toby Maguire though. I'm sure you're happy about Toby coming back and Andrew Garfield. Well, uh, I mean, Andrew, he was right in the third Spider-Man movie. Like, no one really cared that much about him. Oh. <laughs> He was That's such a he was such a bright spot though in No Way Home. I actually oh, yeah. loved how he was portrayed in No Way he Home. Really great in the third movie, but like, if it wasn't for that, like nobody would really think twice about him as a Spider Man. I'm sorry, but it's true. Wow. <laughs> I think Snap. he was a good Spider Man, not a great Peter Parker. Okay. Actually, not a good Peter Parker at all. Mm. Um. But, I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily his fault, or was it a writing error? I don't know. It's just, it wasn't, it's definitely by far my least of the three Spider-Mans that we have right now. True, but when you combine them all in one movie, it makes for an epic, epic one. He he did have a lot of tender moments. I will say that. I really appreciated, like, the moments that he had with the other Spider-Man. Exactly. Say that. You were in heaven for that one, I know. Because we saw that the one together, I believe, right? Savvy? Yeah. Every bit of it. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the next thing is uh, upcoming films and trailers. Uh, I have to start by by putting over this amazing film called The Menu. I got uh, an invite for a screening Q&A with my new obsession, Anya Taylor-Joy, <laughs> who I love. Uh, also, Nicholas Holt. You might know him from... He portrayed Beast in the X-Men movies. Uh, he's also in that film. And Ralph Fiennes is also starring in that film who plays this really, really evil, evil chef uh, that uh, is just crazy uh, and psychopathic. Um, but anyways, this film was nuts, guys. I highly recommend this movie. 
the menu, which you got to see a sneak peek of. Lots of twists and turns, lots of WTF moments. I mean, the premise is like, okay, so you're invited to, you know, this exclusive <laughs> dinner where you're getting all these courses served, but, you know, all is not what it seems because you're on a remote island and there's no escape. So, you know, some craziness is about to happen, you know, um, and it certainly definitely delivered. Um, I went to the 92Y um, Kaufman Concert Hall in New York to check that one out. Um, and uh, yes, it was really cool. Followed by a Q&A with Anya Taylor-Joy, the director, Mark, Mark Malad, and um, Nicholas Holt. Uh, and uh, yeah, what a crazy, crazy movie. That comes out next weekend. So uh, I highly recommend that film, guys, if you want to. If you're into very creepy thriller films, um, yeah, it's wild. I don't want to give away any spoilers, but it's wild, guys. You got to check it she out. She didn't stick around to after the uh, movie, after the um, panel. Um, she didn't. She didn't come meet us. No, no. Uh, I was, I was so bummed. I know. <laughs> she's lovely. Like one Isn't night. She lovely. Yeah, one night in Soho was definitely a very underrated movie. I watched it. I love that movie too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think really, I watched it three I really times. Enjoyed that movie too. That was yeah, a- it's great music, great filming, just the whole like some great twists, like a very unique mm-hmm. premise. And like, what sucks because nowadays a lot of these unique movies like that don't do that well. So that's why that's why you see a lot of this um, superhero shit because it makes a lot of money. <laughs> superhero shit, come yeah. on well, down. I think a lot of the storylines are really pretty well written. Yeah. Okay. But, but, I mean, there are flops that are also very poorly written. I mean, right. I think we all remember Spider-Man 3 with Tobey Maguire. <laughs> yeah, well, that had, yeah. <laughs> all right, so also coming up in the theaters, John Wick Chapter 4. I know Zod is a huge John Wick fan. Oh, Ooh, yeah. See, this is what I wanted to say earlier. Can I say this really quick? Yeah. So I actually had a bunch of roommates over i made snacks and everything so we could watch the new john wick movie which Num- hasn't well, come out yet three yeah. not four no no number out. four number four which hasn't come out yet and everyone four? over had snacks i thought i heard it it had come out this past winter i don't know and i what? had snacks over and then we, I, I had a whole bunch of friends over i had snacks out we're ready to watch it. I'm looking through all the different channels, and I can't find it to order it because it hasn't come it's out yet. Out but anyway, yet, John March 23rd, yeah, 2023. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so you had a whole party over, and everybody thought they were coming over to watch John Wick 4? Oh, Savvy, come on. Nobody, come out. nobody knew that. Nobody at the, the whole party knew that it, it hadn't come out yet. <laughs> yeah, like literally it hasn't come out yet. That happened oh like God. two days ago. Well, my roommate Rhea was like, what? The new John Wick is out? How did I not know about it? I've watched all the John Wick. What made you think and it was actually, out already? I mean, I thought I heard about it this summer and I've been kind of out of touch with like okay. social media and just That's the fair. world outside well, have, of Netflix. Have you, have you seen the trailer? It's not, it's not fair. It's the not trailer fair. just dropped. So uh, <laughs> if you want to check it out and ch- bring over all the friends to watch the trailer of John Wick 4, now you can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, well, you 
Sabrina, or you just yeah, show yeah, John. Everybody is, everybody's invited over to yeah. Sabrina's for their her Christmas party to watch Titanic 2. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for it. Um, and of course, speaking of Christmas, they're doing a Christmas Carol film called Spirited with Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds, which uh, will have a theatrical release and will hit streaming um, next week on November 18th. Um, what was the last funny Will Ferrell movie? I can't remember now. <laughs> it has no, been a while. What was that direct to Netflix one uh, he did with um, Rachel McAdams? That was not. That was not good. That, it wasn't good. Yeah, it was yeah. okay, right? It was, it was it okay, but it, wasn't it definitely bad. it definitely paled in comparison to peak Will Ferrell. All right. Well, well the he trophy- was he was really good. He was really good. In, although it was it was more uh, dramatic than comedic. Yeah. He was really good in this series on Apple TV called The Shrink Next Door. And, oh yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. He's, but that well, was they can the comedians when they hit that point where they stop doing funny movies, but they're still trying to do funny movies. Like they can still do dramatic movies. Like look at Adam Sandler. Like right. I can't remember the last funny movie that he's done that was good that you enjoyed. But, you know, right. he's great in some dramas. Yeah. Yeah, like uncut gems. Is fucking it. awesome. I said everybody hated that he did Punch Drunk Love for like the longest time. They're like, and I don't really hard. understand why because that was a good movie. That was a really was. good movie. Mm-hmm. Well, I actually didn't see it. This particular trailer, Spirited, is looks really fun because there's a little musical number with Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell, and you see uh, Will Ferrell's Ghost of Christmas <laughs> Present, uh, feeling disillusioned uh, with his ghostly job. Alongside of him are the Gross of Christmas Path, played by Sunita Manny, and the Gross Ghost of Christmas Yet to Come, played by Lauren Woods. Uh, and uh, Ryan Reynolds takes on the Scrooge character of Clint Briggs. Um, so oh my God, uh, yeah, it's a, it sounds like a fun movie. I mean, you know, Christmas Carol is the kind of story that can be done over and over again. I think. It, you know, multiple, multiple um, iterations of it. And it's okay, I think, because it's just a feel-good kind of yeah. Christmas, you know? Yes. Yeah. We should uh, you should ask for some headphones for um, Christmas. Nice headphones with the mic. Where, but again, house clean, so we're like mad organizing. Mad I'm organizing. Also, my room and all this stuff so we can have storage. And we're gearing up for the Christmas party. Nice. Well, keep the headphones next time by the um, John Wick 4 DVD. That way you know where it is. And <laughs> John Wick 4 DVD. That's not until next year, though. <laughs> uh, well, I thought you already had it. <laughs> I tried. I tried my best. I know. Uh, We're happy to have you. I'm out yet, so I'm it's sure fine. Sabrina and maybe um, <laughs> former B2B uh, co-host Rookie would love uh, the Magic Mike trailer that just dropped. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, this is the last of the Magic Mike. What? It's called Magic Mike's Last Dance. It's the third and final entry in Channing Tatum's male stripper series. Oh, and my so- God. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> we saw Channing Tatum kind of seducing Salma Hayek's character. And they uh First of all, who is we? Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> They're speaking for us. Yeah, I know, right? 
Oh my God. I make jokes about this all the time about how Dustin looks like. I'm like, I have Magic Mike and he's a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. You're going to make Dustin the strip for you, aren't you? Oh <clears throat> uh, yeah. I've already made him strip for you. It's already happened, I guess. <laughs> stripping. Uh, uh, let's see. Um, there's also the Babylon movie with our favorite Chachi. Who's that? Margot Robbie. Oh, what's she doing <laughs> and now? Bra- and Brad Pitt. And oh. Sabrina's favorite, Tobey Maguire. I mean, come on now. Wow. This Maguire. is a movie we have to watch. But apparently, it's you know mixed reviews so far. And the early reviews, calling it a high-octane trip with a first half better than the second that's a shame the trailer the trailer made it look really cool the trailer looks fantastic yes yeah. of course um and of course one critic said it might be the most confident director in hollywood today referring to damien chazelle of course he's also got some of the worst instincts out there okay Oof. wow getting personal there <laughs> Yeah, so that's coming out on the 23rd uh, of December, just in time for Christmas. So That sounds like the way they used to describe Mick G. Like, yeah. Yeah, you know, when he made, like, that first, like, Charlie's Angels movie, which I enjoyed. Oh, yeah. Shit, I love the first Charlie's I Angels. One. I just didn't like the... Um, the second one, also second because one? Amber's, Amber's ass is in that. Amber, oh... <laughs> yeah, Amber did some body double work for, yes, for Lucy did. Liu in the second one, didn't she? <laughs> yes, you ass coming out of the box. Amber Art. Amber Art's <laughs> ass. <laughs> um, let's see. Amber Nelson, we do. What's up with Amber? Nothing. She's in LA. That's it. Yeah. You know, she's living she's her best rocking. life. Living her life out there, so shout out well, to for, for all the people at home who don't know who she is. Oh, Amber Art's been on BTB. She's uh, it's been a minute since we had her on, but she's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, she's a fun one. Uh, Margot Robbie announced that uh, that Pirates of the Caribbean female-centric spinoff has been uh, has been stalled or pretty much has been canceled. Um, apparently. Okay. It, it was an idea they were developing for a while ago. It would be a female-led, different kind of story, but apparently now they don't want to do it. And I think it has to do with Johnny Depp's winning the defamation lawsuit against Amber Heard. And I think right. they're ready to hire Johnny Depp back. But I have the perfect solution. You bring back Margot Robbie. And he, and he Johnny Depp and Margot Robbie work together in this next film. But the a female centric Jack Sparrow kind of sounds like Disney really wants to, but they just can't. Right. And I don't think they're gonna go that route. But no, I think no, now, Disney Disney would if they had Yeah, thank God for that. Because that sounds yeah, like it, a freaking disaster, if you ask me. Yeah. yeah, I think I think this means that Disney definitely thinks or already has Giant Depp back. Or think they, or think they can get him back. That's why they're going to cancel the other one because if there was no chance of getting Johnny Depp back, Disney would do eight backflips to have some kind of female-centric anything movie, no matter how bad it performs. Well, with Margot Robbie, I don't think you have to worry about anything. I think it will do great. Yeah, but we, I don't know. 
we'll see if they decide to do that. Um, and um, now, um, Zahn, I was curious what you thought about uh, James Gunn, now the Kevin Feige of DC, along with Peter Safran. So apparently they have um, now an eight to ten year plan. They've kind of mapped it out of what's what the DCEU will look like in cinema and TV across the board. Yeah, they said they were they were going to institute like you know video games and stuff is going to be part of canon. <laughs> and like, video games will be canon as well. Yeah. Yeah, which is uh, that's going to be a challenge, but. I mean, James Gunn's insanely talented and insanely creative, and you can see, like, um, in the, um, uh, you know, in the stuff that he's put out, like Guardian, the Guardians of the Galaxy movies and mm-hmm. Suicide Squad, he has a deep love of really, really deep cuts when it comes to, like, Marvel and DC lore. Right. Which, uh, you know, that shows, like, you know, it's hard for me to imagine someone like I don't know if he's more of a Marvel guy or a DC guy and the DC job just came up and they offered it to him or because right. he truly loved DC the whole time. But, you know, he's a he's a good person for it. I would have thought like um, like I know they had like uh, Jeff Johns, who is a really, really great He's a prolific uh, writer, isn't he? Prolific writer. They had they were they were talking about, you know, because he'd been the producer in a lot of the other DCEU movies. Right. And if anyone knows DC Comics, it would be him. But he clearly doesn't know, like, the movie industry the way James Gunn does. Right. And so. Yeah, I mean, I really, really hope this works out because we hope it works a, out. Yeah, yeah, a good DCEU with great DC movies that only makes the entire, you know, the genre better. And you know, otherwise, if like you know, you know, the genre is already event like you know, people are already getting a little tired of superhero movies. So yeah, Chachi's one yes. of them, right? I'm one yeah. of them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And so, it's like, saturated. They, it's saturated. We agree. Yeah. And so, like, it's they need, good. like, new ideas and new fresh ideas. And hopefully, James Gunn can be one of the people who do it. I hope so, too. Two more things. I'm going to take a classic cut break in movies and then we'll uh, talk TV after that. But apparently, they're going to do another at Disney, uh, Anne Hathaway led series um, film of. Um, Princess Diaries. So it's a third, I guess, a third Princess Diaries film, which of course starred Anne Hathaway and Mia Thermopolis. Um, and apparently, Supergirl writer Adrita McCurgy will pen the script. So um, that's all they have. So right now, it's an early, uh, early pre-production. But um, <laughs> why not? I mean, every, every every good franchise comes in three, so. I mean, she's definitely a little older now than the the princess she once played in the <laughs> earlier movies. Um, and uh, Chachi, I know you're a fan of Su- Susanna Hoffs of the Bangles. Oh, yeah. Oh, big time. She, did you know she's a writer as well? She has a debut no. novel called the, This Bird Has Flown. And apparently they're going to adapt her novel into a romantic comedy for Universal Pictures. And it's about a 
a story of a one-hit wonder musician named Jane who finds herself broke and single a decade a decade after her breakout song. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a, a lot of artists that might can, can can probably relate to this particular story. And then apparently Jane meets a handsome stranger named Tom Hardy. Not, named Tom Hardy? Name, is it the Tom Hardy? We is don't know. Is Tom Hardy <laughs> going to play Tom Hardy? I would imagine she, he should, right? Um, no, and, I, no uh, I think it's gonna be Michael, it's gonna be Michael B. Jordan. I think Michael B. Jordan is gonna play Tom yeah. Hardy. <laughs> yeah. Um. So there you go. Yeah, Susanna Hoffs is lovely. I've actually had mm. sex dreams about her twice <laughs> over over the years. No lie. I can tell you. I can tell you. Susanna Hoffs is responsible for my sexual awakening because <laughs> because like that yeah. scene. In the walk like an Egyptian video, where she, where she like bites her, t- bites her lip or something, or? where she bites her lip and she kind of like looks, uh, you know, looks, looks to the side, her eyes. Yeah, oh, that's, so that's doe eyes. Yeah, I was yeah. at the right age the first time I saw that, and that's when I was like, oh my god, I love girls. <laughs> yeah. You realize you're straight. Not... Yeah, I realized I, I was straight. I know. Yeah, it was I can't believe you had your sexual awakening at fifty. That's amazing. <laughs> Like, Sabrina, was it Tom Welling for you? <laughs> so no, mine was Yasmin. Well, actually, originally it was Cookie Monster because I had a life-size Cookie Monster and I would just what? grind on his eyeballs all the time. What? On the eyeballs? Not on the, not on the plushy fur? No, no, on the eyeballs because they were hard. You know, when I was like a kid and I was like, oh you know, God. doing That's that crazy. naughty. I was yeah, like, is, oh yeah. What, way too much monster. information here. Oh lord. Look at the I'll be half. I'll be half. All right. Um, Let, let's go ahead and take a classic I'm cut of general. Obviously, except for half not, but that's way um, too much detail to be kidding. Sabrina, we'll <laughs> let you get back to, we'll let you get back to your cleaning. <laughs> uh, <laughs> monster. What did you want? Like, you know, bring your little It was a cookie your... monster. It was a cookie monster, not a pussy monster. <laughs> yeah, the pussy monsters came later. Uh-huh. <laughs> so Sabrina, we're gonna we're gonna let you go get back to your cleaning and Chachi. Thank uh, you, Sabrina. Chachi, you're gonna take us out to a classic cut break. Um, and I guess Chachi, you wanna you wanna hear your theme song, don't you? Of course I do. All right. Where my dogs at? <laughs> it is time for King Chachi's classic cuts. Holla at your boy. Chachi's Yes, right. Chachi in charge once again for Chachi's classic cut, where each week I go into the archives and pick a classic song for your listening pleasure. And it's almost always a classic song. And, you know, as a kid, I always thought, like, you know what? I'm going to be one of those kind of people who, you know, no matter what the decade is, I'm going to always listen to the modern new music. But even even myself, you know, Chachi McFly here could not have known how horrible the music would be in 2020. Oh, wow. So that's why I need to go into the archives every week. And not play this kind of shit that you are stuck hearing on the radio. <laughs> and this week is no exception. Um, 
This is actually a song from the movie Footloose, since I saw all the different filming locations of Footloose out in Utah. And it really got me thinking about the lost art of having new songs in movies, where like a song could be in a hit movie, and, and you've seen it with like Top Gun, like Take My Breath Away and stuff, like brand new songs that they put in a movie and they would instantly become number one because the movie is so great. And you really don't see new songs really being showcased in movies like that anymore, you know, that become number one because the movie is so great. You know, like just about the whole entire soundtrack of the movie Footloose, you know, had hits, you know, and it made the movie better. And they also in turn made the songs like get really high on, on the billboard top 100. But this is, this is a song from Kenny Loggins, who is no stranger to movie songs. You know, he had, a, you know, he had it in Footloose. He had it in a ton of different movies. I mean, in Footloose and, and Top Gun and a ton of different movies. And this one's from Footloose. This is I'm Free, Heaven Helps the Man from June 1984 and from the Footloose um, soundtrack. This is I'm Free. Enjoy. And after that classic cut, General Zod's amazing interview with the dream team from DC Comics, author, writer, Tom King, and an artist that he collaborates frequently, Mitch Gerrids, best known for their work on the Mr. Miracle limited series and graphic novel, which... But not limited of, to that, because they did a lot of other great they stuff. They did a lot of other things, but... Uh, Wait, that, are, they, are they happy? Yes, they they're, are. And, like, they're, they're not... Yeah. They're not and, grumpy and, like... No, yeah, most of them are curmudgeons, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, curmudgeons, yeah like, I found out last week on, on the show, right, Zod? Yeah, yeah. No, they were, they were pretty happy. They were, like, really, really... <laughs> Chachi <laughs> knows about that particular interview. Yeah. Yeah. Um, of course, the Mr. Miracle won the uh, Eisner Award, and it was very lauded graphic novel in um, DC Comics. So that interview will follow the classic cut, and we'll be back right after that. Sabrina, thanks for joining. Bye. I love you, Chachi. Happy birthday. Thank you, Sabrina. Bye, Sabrina. Bye. It's always Bye, great guys. seeing you. I thought always a pleasure yeah. seeing you boys. Always. You know I love you. Of course. Oh, thank you. Bye, Sabrina. Yeah. Yeah. Bye, guys. All right. This is Mike the General Zod from Below the Belt Show, and we are Below here. Below the Belt Show. Yeah, that's what we're called. That is. Uh, what we are we to? about to get kicked in the nards here? Is that what is happening? Is this one of those things? It's it's more of a uh, it's more of a metaphorical, you know, uh, Below the Belt hit. I like how I said it's more of a, not like it's not. <laughs> it's not not literal, but it's uh, but it, it's figurative enough. Okay, and good. Yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, uh, you know, below the belt show, which is brainchild of my um, my esteemed colleague, celebrity Al Soto over there. We're big Hi, celebrity Al Soto. We're, we're big on nicknames, <laughs> and um, I am here with two amazing talents, like uh, two of the biggest names in the comic book industry. 
dream Did team. Did you hear what he said about me? Yeah, yeah. multiple award-winning. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now that you mentioned it, I think it fits me perfectly. <laughs> I got here Tom King and Mitch Gerards. It's pronounced Gerards, right? Gerards. Garrett's. Okay. Yeah. You know, that's that's one of the things when you're, you he know. changes it when from every podcast. <laughs> oh, that would be Whatever you idea. ask him, he'll tell you to do wrong. He's very cruel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the one problem when you're like a big comic book fan. You see these names like, you oh, know, yeah. printed on the page all the time. And, you know, I know this is, this interview is about you, but I can tell you about how for years, for like, since I was like 10 or so, I thought J.M.D. Mateus's name was pronounced Dematis. And I had no idea. Why not? I had no idea he was Demetrius until last year. I refused to call Mark Millar anything other than Mark Millar. <laughs> well, I, when I found out Frank Miller was Frank, <laughs> I was amazed. <laughs> yeah, he pronounces it the German way. Frank. Okay, Frank, well, that's Frank good Miller. to know. That, that ties into a lot Frank of things I've heard about him. Yeah. Yes. So, anyway, guys. Let's, uh, you know, this guy, these guys are a dream team. They've worked together on numerous projects. You know, you've probably seen Mr. Miracle. You've probably seen the, um, Thief of Baghdad. Thief, not Thief of Baghdad. Um, Sheriff of Babylon. Sheriff of Babylon. <laughs> <laughs> we can edit that. <laughs> Thief of Baghdad. Keep it in. Keep it in. We wrote that too. We were a little older then. It was 1917. It was a crazy year. We only work uncut. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Is what our doctors told us. <laughs> it is the end of the cut. And your and your moil. It said we only work uncut. <laughs> you just said it. <laughs> Wonderful. Yes. This yes. is below the belt. It, it, it is. I've got a. I've, I like to do some improv. So uncut it, below the belt. Yeah. And it, the cool thing about interviews like these, because most of the interviews that we do are like really kind of like sanitary, and people just. Uh, I know he's he's giving me the uh, I but I digress because let's talk about you guys' work. But <laughs> the interviews, yeah. that most of the interviews are boring and we're awesome. Yes, I feel like that's where was at. Yeah. Exactly, you nailed it. Bam. Yeah. See. <laughs> so so let's talk first about. Um, well, you know, Tom, you've got like an amazing story about how you got into the comic book industry. Uh, yes, uh, I, I, I've lived a weird life. Yes. Um, I, I always wanted to be in comics, and then 9-11 happened, and I joined the CIA, mm-hmm. and uh, then I had a kid, and so I decided to become a writer, you know, like most people do. And then and, and, and I broke into comics by writing a book, which I then hand-selled for two years, including at this very con, Baltimore Comic Con. Mm-hmm. I would sit in the, like, by, by the bathroom stalls and, and try to get people to buy my book, and eventually that came out to me writing all these comics. Yeah. Yeah, and um, Mitch, how did you get into the um, into the industry? Well, I mean, I met Tom overseas when I was in the Taliban, and <laughs> we, we've been together ever since. Yeah, uh, I mean, like, I mean, done some bad things, but you can draw. You're much more, you're much more, uh, much more conscientious about the grooming of your beard you these days. Yeah. Yes. Um, no, uh, I have two older brothers that are much older, uh, 14 and 15 years older than me, mm-hmm. and they were super comic nerds, and so I literally was born into it. Um, I was surrounded by comics literally from age zero on, so okay. it kind of just sparked that creative thing in my brain, and Batman was my, my guy, and I just followed that all the way through my life. All right. Yeah. Did you guys know each other at all before Sheriff of Babylon? 
No, we got put together by the editor. I was if I was a fan of his. Yeah, no, I was five. There's something called Comics Twart. We talked about this a lot, but and it was like these kind of like these super great storytellers who were just outside of comics and who were about to break in, and I, I followed them religiously. And it, you know, it was Gabriel Hardman, it was Chris Somney, it was Doc Shainer, oh. it was Mitch Gerrard. There's, there's some big names Mike there. Hawthorne. Mike Hawthorne, Tom Fowler, yeah. um, and uh, so I, I knew Mitch from that. Cool, cool, cool. And so, like, you know, I guess this might be kind of like an inside baseball or like behind the scenes question. Like, do you guys like? Like now that you guys have worked together so much, do you get. I mean, like, do you guys get to choose? Like, you know, like when you when you. Good have evening, Baltimore Comic Thank you. Okay, so um, like when you uh, like, for instance, when you have an idea and you pitch an idea, do you do it saying, "I want Mitch to draw," or is it more like? Um, That's exactly they, how I pitch. They just keep giving me to you. <laughs> You're like, ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I I usually when working on a project near the end of the project, we get on the phone and we discuss sort of what we want to work on next, and and part of that discussion is what ed- what the editors want from us. Okay, and finding sort of you know how we can fit into what editorial wants um, and 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 also what we find to be interesting and sort of making all that into a compromise of what comes next yeah okay cool 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 so let me ask you about like because uh, you know you're, you're you do primarily like the black label stuff now the the out of dc continuity i do a lot of black label yeah i mean are you doing anything in continuity right now i we just did ba- uh, one bad day mm-hmm. our, our big riddler book that was in continuity oh it was okay yeah. And uh, what did there's I said Supergirl, which was out last year. That was in continuity. Okay, okay. So, yeah. So, well, because uh, what I was going to ask is like you know when you're when you're writing out out of continuity books, you can do stuff like say Kill Darkseid or um, what's another. I thing? never think of them as out of continuity or Kill books. Guy Gardner like you did in um, Human Target. Well, I I, I I always think and and Jim Lee the publisher has said out loud that this is his opinion too. So uh, that that. Those books are not either in or out of continuity. They're a possibility of continuity. Okay. So if people take to them, if they like them, if they love them, then they can become continuity. That's Sir DC's policy on Black Label. And and so I never write them as like, oh, I'm, you know, now uh, uh, Superman turns evil and will kill a thousand people. Like, I would never have Superman be completely out of character like that. Okay. So I always write them as... They could and should be continuity. So it's how I write. Killing Joke was technically out of continuity, but then it was so revered and liked that it became a thing, which spawned you know, however many years of oh yeah, Barbara Gordon and the wheelchair yeah. and all that stuff. So yeah, that that pretty much defined her character yeah. for decades. Okay, okay, that's that's good to know. The um. <laughs> <laughs> the um, so Mitch, tell me, uh, tell me about some of your influences when it comes to your art. Uh, a lot of my influences are like '60s and '70s ad illustrators. Yeah, I can um, see that. Yeah, a lot of well, Norman Rockwell's my number one guy. Um, mm-hmm. The way he can put an entire book's worth of a story into a single image is insane. Um, and so I'm always striving for that. Uh, but otherwise, there's guys like Robert McGinnis or. Al Parker, uh, Austin Briggs, uh, Mitchell Hooks, mm-hmm. all those guys that I obsess over. Cool. It's so cool. Like they used to do stuff back then that so much heart and soul into those pictures of real people, and we don't get that a lot these uh, days. Okay, cool. The um, 
Are there any like uh, characters or genres you've always wanted to do and you never had the chance to? Jeez, I don't know. I, I we have a Doctor Fate idea that I would love to do that is very horrible. Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. Can you? Uh, I guess I, I can't ask you to tell me more about that. Okay, that idea. You know, gotcha. It might actually happen at some point, so I can't. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And uh, so, Tom, let me ask you... Anything but Dr. Fate is my any- <laughs> Anything but Dr. Fate. That's, that's, that's where I draw the line. Yeah. Because you, um, you did for, like, you know, you're still under contract exclusively with DC, right? And I am, yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. But you did one of the absolute I greatest... I my first image book came out, so... Oh, you did? At least, yeah, Love Everlasting. So I did a non-DC thing for the first time in a long, long time. Okay. Was that... Is it... Like, do you find working with the different companies? Because, like, you did one of my all-time favorite Marvel stories, which oh, is nice. which Thank is Vision. You. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about my Loki pitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did, when people say I like your Marvel stories, I only did one. It's like, oh, yeah. I, I probably know which one you're talking about. <laughs> that is, that's a good point. I was, I, I wasn't sure if you did any Marvel stuff before that, but no, that's it. That's the only Marvel did. I was a twelve issues of Vision. Okay, I got Spider Man for one panel. He says poop. It's great. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, but that that vision story is absolutely phenomenal. Thank you. That's really nice. Oh, thank. You. Oh, you're very welcome. The um, do you ever like? I mean, I, I imagine you're really happy with DC. Do you see any like? Is there a difference in like working with the different companies that you uh, notice? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, I love Marvel. I grew up as a Marvel zombie. Mm-hmm. Um, although I always had a deep love for DC, but it's sort of like my first comics were Marvel comics, and I love. But um, I mean. D- DC for me, I, I, it, just to make it personal, is I, I, I think Jim Lee is just an outstanding leader, and he's, he's our publisher, mm-hmm. and uh, he's been the best artist in comics for thirty years. And I, 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 I always, you know, during the pandemic, when we we're sort of at our lowest moment, we we're like, oh, "How is our family going to live?" And I, I called him, and and and, he, and I was like, "What do we do? What do we do?" And he's like, "Dude, you don't worry about any of that stuff. I got your back. You just keep writing." And I was like, "Man, I'm rolling with Jim Lee, man. He had my back when when everything was down. He had my back, so I have his back." That's, that's my opinion on, on working for DC. Okay. Same question to you, Mitch. Like, uh, I'm not entirely sure if you've worked uh, at Marvel, have I you? Yeah, I did 20 issues of The Punisher in 2014. Okay. Uh, but for me, it's just people. Like, the, the people who work at DC, they seem to care, and they answer emails and stuff. Things change, but at, at Marvel, it was basically left to my own devices... Which you'd think would sound great, but not so when you're like trying to get paid or something like that. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> and uh, one of the things that um, you know, my my cameraman there told me to ask you was specific to Mr. Miracle. And uh, well, one thing I'll say about Mr. Miracle, there's this, there's one particular. You are responsible for one of the absolute images that are complete is completely burned into my brain forever for Mr. Miracle Uh-oh. and that's the one where dark side is eating the um, <laughs> eating the carrot <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, you know since uh, there will eventually I mean it's uh, eventually every character that's ever been seen in a comic book panel will eventually get a um, get a movie <laughs> who would you cast as Mr. Miracle Adam Scott Adam Scott. Yeah, he's my number one. <laughs> Any reason for that, or just a? I just think he's got a look, and he's got the personality of Scott, and I think he'd be very charming and fun to see on screen. Fantabulous. Okay, and uh, so 
Tom, I'll ask you, not specifically about, like, um, the, not specifically about Mr. Miracle's casting, but... It's you. <laughs> okay, Big Barda. Yeah, who would you cast as Big Barda? I've, I, having worked on a New Gods movie, I have no opinions on this subject. Or <laughs> all my opinions are secret opinions, because I okay. actually, I participated in, in discussions on Big Barda casting. Oh, wow. I'm going I'm to keep them to myself. And it's, oh, it's wow. such a bummer that that is at least on the back burner, that it's not... It is a bummer, but we, it was, it was a, it was joy working with Ava and... Oh, I got paid, so don't cry for me, Argentina. So okay. we're okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can cross that off the list of yeah, like, things yeah, to worry about. about yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it yeah. would have been great. It was such a fun script. It was cool. Yeah, glad yeah. to see Tom King's family's doing okay. Yeah, we're okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, with that, thank you guys so much. Thank you. What a pleasure. Yeah, this has been, this is far and away the most fun interview. No one got mad at me for calling him a curmudgeon, so. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So a few seconds left here, man. Exactly. Is this when we get punched in the balls? Yeah, yeah, is this the part? <laughs> now this it's the below the belt. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. okay, and if you guys want, like, could you do a little promo for the show? Just, uh, just introduce yourself, you know, a little bit about it. Say you're listening to Below the Belt show, and um, you know, then say something clever afterwards. Sure. You're listening to Below the Belt. I'm Mitch Garrods, and don't get punched. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. All right. <laughs> that was a great classic cut. I, I, I'm not even familiar with that song, Chachi, but that was awesome. Yeah, that's a deep cut. And of course, uh, what a great interview uh, conducted by BTB's own Mike the General Zod in tandem <laughs> of the DC Comics dream team of Tom King and Mitch Jarrods. Um, yeah, fantastic, fantastic job. And their 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 work is fantastic. They have a lot of fans. They had one of the the longer lines of the creators at the Baltimore Comic Con, didn't they, Zod? Oh yeah, yeah. They've. Uh... I mean, Tom King is uh, has definitely. Um, I mean, Tom King has been on. He was on Seth Meyers. He was on the Seth Meyers show. Like yeah. Seth Meyers has this thing about like every once in a while having comic book writers on. And how uh, cool is that? That's uh, which it, I think that's cool a big about. deal. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and of course the, the Heroes in Crisis, which I hope DC might adapt into a live action mo movie maybe perhaps the heroes in crisis film well heroes in crisis is really really controversial among like comic book fans because a lot of people really really i mean i liked it personally because it's a very very mature look at how like you know trauma especially for people who like you know superheroes which um even though they're supposed to be fun and everything like that, you see There's like, a lot of PTSD. Yeah. They, they encounter violence like all the time and right. they encounter. And so it would make sense that they'd have a lot of PTSD. Mm -hmm. And I liked that. And he does, he has that kind of like running theme in a lot of his work. No, excuse me. But they, um, but they also, I mean, like, you know, when they reveal who the, you know, the actual villain is in that story, I mean, a lot of people were so pissed off because <laughs> it was revealed that it was a trauma-stricken um, Wally West. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. you know, 
that's the thing. A lot of there's a there's a segment of nerds, you know, <laughs> that gets so angry when you know, because just about every superhero has a quote unquote biggest fan somewhere. Yeah. And uh, you know, if you do something like turn turn a character, a beloved character, into a villain, even if it's believable and in, in Wally's case temporary, you know, it's like, you know, people get angry and they do. Yeah. They they just assume that, <laughs> that that's referring to some of the fans. Yeah. How toxic they can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> you're pretty much it's almost insulting the audience, right? In in a way, so to speak. Yeah. But um, in any case, I decided to join you guys with a spirit of beverage here, uh, and uh, here we are. And uh, I believe we're gonna get another surprise joining us, hopefully. Um, all right, uh, over on Disney Plus, you can see Andor on ABC, FX, Freeform, and Hulu. They're actually going to be broadcasting the first two episodes, I guess, in a way to try to get more Disney Plus subscribers. But this is pretty, pretty big news for for those with still cable television that may or may not want to subscribe to Disney Plus to actually, you know, try out Andor, one of, one of the <laughs> um, Star Wars series. And uh, Andor what? Andor, right? Yeah, I get it. Uh, yeah, Cassie and Andor, that is. Uh, oh. The series on Disney Plus. So, uh, also Disney Plus is celebrating its third birthday by giving the presents, uh, giving a present to fans of The Mandalorian, uh, and uh, they're 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 going to release a new original short focused on Grogu, Baby Yoda himself, the breakout character. And this is going to premiere um, on Disney Plus, and it's a hand-drawn animated short from ja- Japanese animation studio Ghibli, and it's Katsuyo Kondo who directed the project. So there you go. Um, all right, Netflix, The Crown, um, they're the top; they've taken the throne, so to speak. <laughs> uh, yeah. Pun intended. Yeah, yeah. The number one show. Uh, Top 10 uh, in the top 10 of Netflix um, and ranked it raked in 107.39 million hours of viewing. Uh, Second place was Manifest season four, part one, uh, 74.78 million hours. And then the third, fourth and fifth include um, Love is Blind and um, From Scratch, um, which is that series the limited series where zoe saldana played a college student <laughs> mm-hmm. um if you're a fan of the witcher with the witcher blood origin just dropped the trailer now we mentioned on the show that henry cavill is exiting the main witcher show but michelle yo is leading this uh prequel series uh, it's a four-part prequel series huh only four episodes i guess when they say four-part um, and this place takes place 1,200 years before the events of The Witcher. Also, Stranger Things, the news on, on the upcoming season five, which I know Chachi is a very big Stranger Things fan. Oh, yeah. So a little bit of news on what the tone will be for the fifth and final, sorry, the sixth and final season, right? Um, all right. Oh, is it five or six? Jesus. Five. Five. Sorry. Yeah. All right, so uh, they told a little bit. They talked a little bit about the tone of the upcoming fifth season, 
and they they're calling it a culmination of all the seasons for season five so it's got a little bit of each whereas each season was distinct where season three was the big summer blockbuster season with big monsters season four was a psychological horror and they're going to try to go back to the beginning a little bit in the tone of season one so something that's a little more grounded has like more of a lower budget look perhaps but we we most likely will not get those feature film length episodes for this final season yeah he already said he wasn't going to do that the creators the brothers the duffer brothers um, that's right yeah Mm -hmm. but i mean I was shocked at how good last season was, and it, it's hard to constantly like top or at least like get pretty as close. Rob, to as, Robin La- as Robin Livey said, it's hard to top that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so but, he um, added the Duffer Brothers added that scale-wise, the last group of episodes are more aligned with what season four is. Hopefully, it's got a little bit of everything. The last group of episodes. Okay, so. I mean, that makes me think that they're going to go for the the larger scale movies, the way they're seeing that. So I don't know, but we will see. That's Stranger Things. I, mean, I, hope, I hope it ends on a really good quality um, season. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, really, I mean, this is like the number one show. So they have no reason to stop it next season. So for them to do that, you know, this really shows that they want to keep it high quality. Yeah. I think we have somebody in the chat. Yeah, we do. Can you can you identify yourself? I'm not, I'm not sure what I'm looking at right now. Oh, oh my god! Holy shit! Who do we have on below the belt show? <laughs> god, I don't know if we could say that. It's coming in hot. Coming <laughs> hot. How else would I come in? Hey, so we have guys. BTB's former resident rock star, the politically incorrect, and the yeah. king of obscurity, Flex. Happy birthday, Chachi McFly, king of the 80s. I tried to reach you last week. You were. Uh, I saw that. I appreciate that. Calls. Yeah, you weren't taking my phone calls, but, you know, whatever. I was in the <laughs> mountains of Utah. I saw the um, message um, late, but I do definitely appreciate you reaching out to me. It's um, Utah. You don't get any reception there. Not in the oh, whole yeah. state, no. Yeah. I almost ran out of the gas. Mountains. You can go 200 miles there and not see a gas station. <laughs> that is true. Like I made sure I filled it up before I drove anywhere each time. I, I did what it. Kind of gas you, find. you had to go to AAA and you get the little um, the little uh, triptychs and they would connect you from page to page, like hard copy pages. Yeah. And they would kind of give you a heads up on where gas stations were, but yeah, you had to stop because you could go like 30 miles off an exit and still not see anything. Oh yeah. Yeah. And they had an exit that said like no services for most of the exits that you'd pass. Yeah. Like, driving through Wyoming back to um, Denver. It, it is the most barren state. Yeah. 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 And definitely a lot more places that have higher gas prices than back here in Maryland, <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> A lot of them close to five dollars a gallon. Yeah. So Flex, you're representing New England. New England. Thanks for I joining guess. us. I don't think yeah. so. I think he's isn't he down in Florida? I I'm from parts unknown. Isn't parts unknown. Okay. Yeah. Isn't, that a wrestling, isn't that a wrestling term? 
Parts yeah. Unknown. Yeah, that was the Ultimate Warrior. He used Wait, to, is that Blade Unknown? Was? Parts Unknown. Oh, he was in Parts Part Unknown. Unknown. Yeah. 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 That or the, <laughs> the player to be named later. <laughs> so what's what's the latest in Flexville, Flex? Yes. Uh, same old, same old. It's finally getting cold here. Finally. Wow. It, it's bizarre. We've actually had we had 70 degree weather last week. We've been going to the beach on the weekends. Into well, 70s COVID. is pretty low for Florida, though, isn't it? You got it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> West, coast, West coast of Florida. Yes. <laughs> Still elusive. That's OK. Yeah, right. <laughs> I say, I've only got a couple minutes. I just wanted to say happy no, birthday. And um, did you go to the Morsi concert um, that he nah, um, you know, at uh, at uh, Fenway Park? The one that oh, whichever one he walked away from halfway through because it was yeah. too cold. Uh, but, you know, they, he's been doing that for years. I, I still still love the guy. Still, he's the greatest lyricist of my generation. Yeah, yeah but would you see a lot of people off? <laughs> would you see Ian Brown um, leave the stage halfway through a set? Well, Ian Brown's been doing something different these days, and he's been taking. Oh yeah, oh, he's been a lot of heat. Lot of heat. But he's been doing. But you know what? I, I still I'm I'm not going to hold it against Ian Brown either. Now I will say, if it was a show where I know a lot of people flew out to L.A. to see the Greek Theater show to see Morrissey. And, and and I understand they're frustrated because it's not like they can recreate. Oh, I'll just get airline tickets again and get the hotel and and all right, that. Right. It's not like I live in town and I can just you know pop back to the Greek theater next time. If I had flown over to the UK to go see an Ian Brown show and he didn't have a backing band, I would be a little bit frustrated. But I told BP, I said, I said you know, Ian Brown tends to hang out with the fans. If he was like willing to hang out at the gig and have beers with everybody. I have no problem. Right. There you go. So, Chachi, uh, <laughs> what we're alluding to is that Ian Brown was pretty much doing karaoke performances for some of his more recent shows and getting a lot of negative reviews from them. Um, and sounding very pitchy as Randy Jackson from American Idol would say. Really? Yeah, but, that was pitchy, dog. But, but, but Ian Brown has never been known for his voice. Anybody who's a Stone Roses fan, <laughs> Ian Brown fan, will tell you flat out that the guy's never had a voice. You don't you don't like Ian Brown because of his voice. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, that, that's not a concern to me at all. I mean, if you right. go to any of his live stuff, um, it, it, it does not sound like it does on the albums. Okay. <laughs> so I, I, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't worry about it. That that part now, like I said, if I had flown over there and he had no backing band, then I wasn't aware of it ahead of time, and he wasn't willing to have a beer with me afterwards. Yeah, I might be a little bit frustrated. Wait, so he would just get up there and have like a, um, you know, the the music playing like on a tape or something or yeah, digitally, and, and then he would sing very karaoke. Yeah, you can pick it up on YouTube. That's it. it you know, <laughs> again, any hardcore you know fan is like not that thrown off by it, but yeah, anybody who's casual is kind of like what. <laughs> Uh, Again, I, I wouldn't have had a problem if if you know he was hanging out and if I knew about it ahead of time. But yeah, if you're, right. You know, yeah. again, like with the Morrissey show, you know, if you're flying out to L.A. Now there's a there are people that were you know at the gig and they said that he felt he felt that he was sick and he didn't want to end up having to cancel the remainder of the tour, so 
He didn't want to play outside that night. I guess the question is, I know it's L.A., but why are you playing a, a November gig even in L.A.? I mean, I, I lived right. in L.A., and, and uh, I'm not going to say it's cold in November, you know, because I, I'm used to colder weather. But right. I can say that, you know, it was, you know, from November to January, it was probably well, maybe December through February. It was the only time that you really had to wear a coat, you know. Um, and I used to walk a lot of places. so. Um, it, you know, it was, it, you know, you had to have a jacket on at times. Largo on Fairfax, yeah. right? Oh, shit, I used to walk there all the time. <laughs> Largo on Fairfax. Oh, what a great place. Right, it was right across from, uh, uh, what, what's the, um, I can't remember the name right now, the bakery. Um, there were quite a few all bakeries. The say, yeah. Oh, come on, BP, you've got to know this one. Is it a Jewish the deli bakery, bakery? Bakery on Fairfax. It's going to come to me right after I hang up. Oh, okay. uh, it's right across the street. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it's <laughs> delicious. Absolutely delicious. And um, right up your well, alley. It wasn't sure. about that. It was about all the musicians doing Coke at the tables. But... <laughs> ah. <laughs> now it's a little more intriguing. So that's what makes makes the, the, the bread rise. So. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's before cell phones. Why well, is the general being so quiet? Yeah, General Zod. I don't know. I got nothing. I got. I really don't have much to add to a story about a bakery in L.A. But <laughs> you can say hi to the flex. <laughs> of course I can. I was waiting. I was waiting for the. Uh, for <laughs> you know, I wanted to make sure that I didn't like. I, I wanted you to tell tell your great stories and flex. Yeah, it is long overdue for us to. Uh, reconnect and we should do that like uh off the show very soon yeah didn't flex invent the general kind of he's uh yeah. he's you can thank him for my presence on this show That's you can right. look at that so you're the you're show. to blame for all this well I, I knew that he had an extensive knowledge and and shit that nobody really cares about oh yes yes <laughs> That's just, true. amongst his circle he's very famous for it you know, but, um, uh, um, you know, amongst other people, they would just consider him a dork. But <laughs> oh, he, is, wow. he is very he is a very proud dork. And he yes. and he, he he enjoys his past that, you know, and, uh, um, you know, he didn't never hit any of it. Uh, I mean, I didn't know him in high school, but I, I knew him, you know. Right after you would have you would have beat him up in high school, I think you would have hung him on his locker. by his because I was that? in my late, I met you in your mid twenties. Yeah, we were. We met each other in. Um, yeah, we met at. That uh, year. Yeah, I was <laughs> in my mid twenties. You were in your late twenties. Yeah, that was, that was, you met me at, at exactly the right time where, like, I was starting to kind of like for the longest time before that, I like tried my best to hide a lot of like my real personality from people. <laughs> And um, I wish you were still hiding that. <laughs> he was trying to be cool for a little while and he gave up. Yeah, yeah, that didn't work out too well for me. So it's like, you know, fuck it. I'm going to be just going to be myself and and flex, you know, you and you're actually you're actually a, you know, big reason for who I am the way I am. And I owe you. Wow. Hey, Holy are. smokes. I owe you. I owe you. Wow. A lot of we influence. Have, we, have, 
We have talked about the flyer of the uh, gay uh, pride event that uh, <laughs> the general is on the on the cover of, right? Yeah, Many yeah. times that's, you're on the show. That, actually, that's yes. been that's been that's been uh, mentioned on the show. I remember with uh, <laughs> that was last June. Egg. Oleg, Oleg got a real kick out of that story. That was Pride Month last June, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, I, what? I will say the general moniker was. Uh, because of, uh, well, you know, I mean, it, well, part of it was the last name. We don't have to talk about the last name here, but, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. it, it goes to a character in Superman. And also there was a, a similar, similarly named wide receiver who played for the, what was it, the Bengals and the Ravens? Yeah. And, yes. uh, and uh, so, so that kind of came into play. But it was definitely, um, it was definitely the Superman movie. And then, of course, it got, you know, like any any nickname, you know, you, it gets uh, different iterations. So and, you named uh, him that because of um, he's a wide receiver. Is that why? Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it was an unusual enough last name to begin with. And and then, you know, then you find out there's a wide receiver who's got a similar last name. And you're like, whoa, two worlds collide. And then. Uh, well, there's no wider receiver than general. <laughs> and that's why he's on the flyer. <laughs> yes, yes. And I, I have done, I have done due diligence trying to pick that flyer up, and I, I got really close. And I may have mentioned this on the show before, but I got really close. Like, I was on a bunch of gay websites, and I, I mean, <laughs> just for research, and, right? Yeah, it was for research. And um, did you I go on the way back? And it was like. That. It was like a forum, and it was like an old school forum, and um, I was able to find flyers for like within three months of this flyer yeah. that he was on. Oh, and, not uh, the exact one. And the, but not the exact the, one. It's it's such a shame because they they do have the the flyers archived back to I mean the um what like the most recent one the the earliest one is like in early two thousand I want to say. Mm-hmm. And you, did you use archive.org? <laughs> or like the old websites? In, it might actually be on the Wayback Machine. I never yeah, even. The Wayback yeah, Machine, yeah. yeah. But that might be something you. Maybe Chachi is yeah, really good at finding stuff off the internet. Chachi, maybe you can find Zod's Flyer. Well, I mean, if, if you're looking at gay websites, y'all can look, y'all can find it yourself. <laughs> but I'll tell you where to find it. Just go to archive.org and do your research. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then I wouldn't have as much fun as I had. That's true. Yeah, that's true. But <laughs> but once you find your um your episode of um Sweet Valley High, Sweet Valley High, and find that flyer, I'll be a happy happy man. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I want for my birthday this year. Yeah, those two things. All right, we'll look out. For well, it. get on archive.org and see what you can do. We'll we'll, see, we'll keep searching. Well, all Flex, right, General, thank come you. on. Flex, thank you so much, man. For thank uh, you, Flex. Dropping, Thank dropping you. on us. Yeah. Can you stick around? Voicemail. No, flex, flex has to go. Sadly, yeah. But yeah, maybe. I got. Uh, I'm making noise in the house, and I got uh, two two sleeping children upstairs above me. So. Oh yeah. Your your kids, your kids. Yes. 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 <laughs> Not just random two random sleeping children. No. <laughs> no good. Good. They, they belong to, belong to me. Awesome. <laughs> oh good. Good. They flex, they flex. belong to the city. <laughs> <laughs> Who Flex, wrote thanks. that awful? 
we belong to the city. Was that Jefferson Starship? Oh, they were horrible. What a <laughs> no, that's a, that's um. No, that's, that's, that's we built you, the city. You belong to the city. That's, no, that's not Jefferson. No? Jefferson. Uh, no, um, Starship was um. We built the city on rock and roll. Oh, we built the city on rock and roll. Yeah, that was just the city was um shit. He was part of the Eagles. Glenn Fry. Oh, Glenn yeah. Fry. Yeah, he died. Yeah. yeah, he died. Yeah, there you yeah. go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, I, I certainly and, and the only reason the Eagles ever made it big was because Joe Walsh, the rest of the guys sucked. <laughs> oh, <laughs> how can you hey, say Don, Don Henley, Henley sucked? Don Henley made one of the Boys of Summer is amazing. Yeah, ultimate classic '80s song. So yeah, one of my favorite mm-hmm. songs ever. And oh, Dirty yeah. Laundry, Sunset, Dirty Laundry, even Sunset the end Grill. Of the Innocence, the end of oh, the yeah. Innocence is yeah. a good song. Sunset Grill, based on yeah. the real Sunset Grill, um, down in Hollywood, which I ate at. There you go. Yeah, but I still say they're still lucky they they uh, got uh, Joe Walsh into the band because yeah. Joe Walsh is the only, he's the only talent. <laughs> it was an interesting take. Joe Walsh. Awesome. All right, Flex. Thank you, Flex. Hi, Thanks for dropping by. But Thanks, Peace. Flex. Peace. Yeah. That's the resident rock star, Flex, yeah. dropping in, wishing some happy birthday. And I what a treat was, that was. was a yeah, surprise for both it. of you, right? Yeah. yeah, always has opinions. Yes, he always has the opinions. Always the angry one, but not so angry tonight. It was good to see yeah, the, the one and only opinions. Flex. And I believe... always his own. In his own. <laughs> right. Only. I think we have one more surprise coming up. So uh, okay. let's drop a couple okay. more things over here. So I mentioned Robert Downey Jr.'s show on HBO Max, right? Called The Sympathizer. Um, well, Sandra O oh is joining <laughs> the cast of that particular show. And um, it's a blistering exploration of identity and America, a gripping spy novel and a powerful story of love and friendship. And, uh, yeah, um, should be one show to look out for. I mean, we haven't seen I haven't seen Robert Downey Jr. since Avengers Endgame. I think he's kind of been laying a low profile since uh, exiting the MCU. So uh, look out for the return of Robert Downey Jr., not in Tropic Thunder, but in The Sympathizer. Um, and working yeah, with Sandra Oh, always looks miserable. Why? I don't know why she always does. She, looks she does, does have kind of a an angry look about the her. The resting yeah, ever, face. Yeah, does she ever smile? Mm. I guess you have a point, yeah. She has that resting bitch face. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys uh, remember in the 90s, there was an HBO show called Arliss with, like, Robert Wall? I okay, don't know. Arliss played like the <laughs> Arliss was like a like a sports agent. It was kind of like a it was a comedy pre Jerry Maguire. And mm, okay. I remember Sandra O oh played his uh his assistant and God, she must have been like in her early twenties back then. Oh wow, okay. Wow. I'll have to look up the photos and see see young yeah. Sandra O. Oh. I'm she thinking was- I'm thinking she wasn't hot back then either, right? Oh, snap. <laughs> don't be, don't be, oh, uh, oh, no. Oh, <laughs> that's her oh. Last, that is her last name, by, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, over on Apple, Seth Rogen's getting a half-hour comedy with Evan Goldberg, Peter Hoyk, and Alex Ge- Gregory. And it's about a legacy Hollywood movie studio trying to survive in a world where it is increasingly difficult for art and commerce to live together. So, Seth will write and direct along with Goldberg. 
and uh, that's a good team, man. And Seth yeah. Rogen is producing, and he's great with the comedy. So I think that show will do really well. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a good pedigree there. I mean, right? Yeah, Seth Rogen. You know, he's not. He doesn't exactly. He hasn't batted a thousand, but he's batted high enough that like it's definitely worth checking out. Absolutely. What's the, last, what's the last funny comedy movie that came out? I cannot remember. With Seth? No, no, anybody. <laughs> oh, comedy movie with anybody. Anybody. <coughs> anybody. Um. Uh, you know what? There was a movie on Netflix. Um. Oh God, with that. Uh. <sighs> The wrong Missy. I that was a that, while ago. Yeah, that it was. was, it was, was ago. I remember because it was like it reminded me of the comedy of the raunchy comedies yeah. back back in the day that don't come out anymore. Right. And it yeah. was one of the more recent comedies, and it had a lot of the jokes that. But it's been a couple of years though, right? Are you, are you talking specifically yeah. strictly about movies, or? Well, I was hoping yeah. about the movies in the theater, but. Yeah. I can't even remember the last time I saw a comedy in the theater. Mm-hmm. I can't remember either. And that's pretty sad. Yeah. yeah. But like most comedies don't come out in the theater anymore. They're usually just like direct to. Yeah. Spaces. Coming to America being one of them. That went straight yeah. to Amazon. So and that, that was, wasn't even a, that wasn't yeah. even a comedy. <laughs> Part two. I, mean, I liked it. It had its moments. Yeah. Well, Tachi, I know you. It started off strong with um, James Earl Jones and his funeral while he was still alive. Like, yeah. That part was funny, but it went downhill quickly, I thought, unfortunately. Well, I know one of your favorite shows is Yellowstone Chachi. And apparently that got killer ratings for the season five premiere. Mm. Yeah, it got 12.1 million live viewers. That's pretty high you know, in the, in the days of streaming. Where, so that's counting the Paramount Network. Um, yeah, they dropped two years. episodes for the premiere. Yeah, you checked it out? I did. Nice, nice, nice. And it's interesting because Taylor Sheridan was interviewed recently talking how a lot of people think it's the conservative show or the Republican show or the red state Game of Thrones. And Sheridan, all he had to say was like he sat back laughing and said, really? The show's talking about the displacement of Native Americans, the way Native American women were treated and about corporate greed and the gentrification of the West. That's a red state show. So he's kind of trying to debate the fact people label it as a red state show. Um, well, I think they label it as a red state show because it takes place in a red in state a of red Montana. State. Right. <laughs> red state of Montana. I mean, someone's a little too defensive. Oh, no, no. We don't, we don't like conservatives. Don't, don't get us wrong. You know, we hate them. Just well, enjoy the show. <laughs> no, that's, I mean, that's, you know, I, I, I have just a hunch, but I think a lot of conservatives do love Yellowstone. I mean, um, I mean, I mean, I think a lot of people who like cowboys and that kind of stuff is right. like, you know, and like it's a beautifully shot show and like the um, scenery is amazing. You know, of course, actually being shot in Montana now. Um, yeah, I, I think I think originally it was shot in Wyoming, like the first couple of seasons. But I think they moved to Montana, Montana. Exactly. And they right. also but just, yeah, dropped... just stunning, stunning scenery, like in every episode. And like, it's like a lot of great. um. I mean, it reminds me kind of like the old like type of like Dallas type of shows, you know, that kind of um, Falcon Crest and all the yeah, all that kind of corruption and stuff, and like mm-hmm. you know, people getting backstabbed and murdered mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like, I mean, it's an yeah. enjoyable show. And Kevin Costner, 
amazing job as um, do you, John do you have a, Did you get a subscription to Paramount Plus just for the show? I, I use a subscription, yes. You use a subscription, yeah. I'm using <laughs> one too, actually. <laughs> anything else good on Paramount Plus? Anything worth getting on that? I don't, think, so, I don't think it's even on Paramount Plus. Like it's on Paramount. It's Network. on the Paramount app. And then Peacock, which is different. Oh, oh, I thought it was on Paramount Plus. I think you can I get think it the there. old Both seasons on, are old, mm. old seasons. Okay, the current one on Peacock, I believe, and um, the Paramount Network on cable. I don't know if it's on Peacock yet. I saw it. Yeah, it's on the Paramount Network. Mm-hmm. Which you can get that separate app. It's real confusing. Yeah, like, that, that's like, a, I don't that's, know why it's not on Paramount Plus. I don't that's understand. a lot of confusion, definitely. Yeah. What about 1923? Chas, they just dropped a trailer. Yes. A prequel. I didn't trailer. see the trailer yet. Yes, Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren mm-hmm. as the early 20th century generation of the Dutton family. And uh, we just met at I forgot to mention at uh, Monster Mania. Marley Shelton, who plays one of the Sutton family members, uh, at uh, she was one of the, the special guests at Monster Mania, Chach. So yeah. uh, she oh, yeah. she actually couldn't say much. I mean, she she said she's a member of the Dutton family. She said she might be a great aunt, she might be a grandmother, um, but uh, I guess she still has to keep that under wraps. You know, she can't talk. Yeah, about yeah, and, yeah. And she's from the movie The Sandlot. There you go, The um, Sandlot. Yeah, who is the girl that playing for check? Oh yeah, <laughs> the lifeguard. Um, lifeguard was it? Yeah. Pepperton. Um, Pepperton. But yeah, she couldn't do an interview with us because yeah, of and maybe the upcoming show. Of, maybe because of all the details of of uh, 1923 that she couldn't talk about. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's, it's pretty great having Harrison Ford. Now is going to be in, in a series. That's pretty incredible. I mean, yeah, just like is 1923 forever. a series or a movie? It's a series. Can you believe Harrison it's Ford? A, it's a limited series. series. Okay. Yeah, two people 18. I didn't think, both Sylvester Stallone and Harrison Ford, I would never have predicted them to do a, a television no, series no. before. You no, know? and like you know, with Yellowstone, like they're doing these like kind of prequel like one-off seasons. Did it right? It's a 1880, 1883, where they showed how the um, Duttons um, arrived at Yellowstone. So that was like a period piece, and then now they're doing 1923 is what it is. That's right, 1923. Yeah. yeah. So that's so that, you know they, they keep jumping ahead with the family history showing how you know, they got established. If they if they would get really ambitious and creative, they should do a twenty seventy three and do a yeah. Like, I was thinking that too. Like, future like sci fi Yellowstone. Hell yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. I, I was thinking about that watching how many this. How um, do you know too? You know, because what, I was cool. watching the the first two episodes of this season for Yellowstone, and, and they're constantly talking about like on the show, like you know, you know, um, he's he's talking about how how is um you know um uh, montana going to be in 100 years from now you know and like mm-hmm. will it still be you know all these natural parks and like nature and stuff or is going to be all like, overgrown from people from new york and california mm-hmm. using montana as their playground you know right so i was thinking like, oh, it would be cool if they went into the future and the show future generations kind of and you know how it's going to look you know if it's going to be all built up or what but that would that would be pretty amb- ambitious to do a futuristic series. Yeah, but they but they might now. I mean, they might if they're going through the different years, the different decades. Why they might not? do one. Well, that you works. know they did that. They did something like that with for Parks and Rec because they ended okay. the the last season of Parks and Rec that took place in. I mean, because the last season of Parks and Rec was like what 2013 or 2014. Yeah, I believe. But so. that that last season takes place in 2019. 
and they 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 have like these like little things like they they had like drones delivering um packages and things like that but it was close <laughs> enough that like it wasn't like true sci-fi but it was close enough like you notice like different little things happening so yeah if they could do that they just uh yeah 90 99 percent of the um sci-fi um futuristic movies has always way overshot it where yeah it would be at the time including your beloved back to the future oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you, know the... a, you know it's a great example of a near a near future it's still sci-fi enough but it's near future so it feels believable, although some of it wasn't. There was this really great movie in the 90s called Strange Days. Do you guys remember mm-hmm. that? It starred Ray yeah. Fiennes. And that, like, um, and Julia, not Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Juliette Lewis. Juliette Lewis, yes. And, um, you know, that's supposed to just take place 10 or 15 years in the future. And you can kind of see, like... That's like I think is like the best kind of sci-fi where it's like just close enough where it's like stuff yeah. believable. So, yeah. but I'm moving uh, it away from. We were talking about. Yellow I think Sky. Demolition Man was pretty close. <laughs> With the three was shell. It? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and people getting fined um, for saying stuff that um, people don't like. Well, that happened. Yeah. That ha- that's happened today, right? Right. Yeah. Cancel, it's called cancel culture. <laughs> it's just crazy seeing these big stars doing series now. Like I started watching. Um, yeah. Um, Sylvester Stallone's new Tulsa series, King. Tulsa King. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that that was really good. The first episode, I thought. I know. And I never, I never thought I would see um, Sly Stallone in a series on TV. Yep. We just need Leonardo DiCaprio. He's one of the few that hasn't done it yet. Yeah, he has. He's on Growing Pains. Oh, <laughs> you're kind of yeah. Growing Pains. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, heck, it, even Al Pacino did fucking George. Uh, George Clooney did Facts of Life. What it was that series that Al Pacino did for uh, Hunters. Hunters? Yeah, exactly. Hunters, that was yeah. great too. That was a lot of fun. So, I mean, the the unexpected is happening, guys. You know, a lot of people. Um, all right, the penultimate episode of The Walking Dead. Holy smokes! No major deaths, but a couple I'll, of WTF moments. I'll get off right here. Oh, okay. I have like three episodes left. Your three episodes left. I'll keep it yeah. really, really quick. All right. All right. All right, so it was crazy because Lydia actually sadly lost her arm. She was trying to uh, save Elijah um, from the Walker horde, and they were doing that, you know, pretty much covering themselves with gut, Walker guts to try to escape, um, you know, the Walker horde. And then Jerry had to do the inevitable and chop off poor Lydia's arm. I don't know what he meant by see you on the other side, but uh, they had to get rid of Lydia's arm. Also, uh, that was the beginning of uh, Mercer's amazing line, let's go fuck some shit up, alluding to trying to overthrow Pamela Milton and the Commonwealth um, government, you know. Uh, And uh, we saw that Mercer rescued Eugene because he was, you know, facing a death sentence or life sentence for um, accidentally, which really what it was, accidentally killing her son by pushing him into a walker um, and of course saving Mercer's sister in the process. Um, but the most craziest moment was um, young Judith getting shot and Daryl trying to scramble to find a hospital. And it was very rep- reminiscent of Carl getting shot and Rick desperately trying to find help for Carl. And they found the, 
the house that belonged to Herschel and where Maggie lived and Beth lived. So they were trying to parallel that. But I really believe that Judith is Judith is going to be just fine because she is supposed to be in the upcoming Rick and Michonne spinoff show. So there you go. But Walking Dead is going to have a huge finale. Um, and that's going to air on November 20th. And uh, Chachi, you can come back. That's all of the episode, the penultimate episode. But the final episode, Chachi, they want everybody to watch at the same time. And that's on that air? Sunday, November 20th. So AMC Plus did not get it early. So uh, since BTB. Okay, so you happy- watched this episode. The episode you were just talking about was is from epi- is the pen last weekend. Yeah. So this this Sunday this is the yeah. very last episode of Walking Dead. This Sunday is the final episode of The Walking Dead. Yes. Oh, this God. Sunday or next Sunday? At this Sunday, the 20th. Yes. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to uh, catch up on three seasons of The Walking Dead before Sunday. Are, I thought you were caught up for some reason. No, I'm not. I'm not. Okay. All right. I'll be caught up. I'm, I've been watching it yeah. all week. Yeah, yeah, definitely catch up with it. Um, BTB will be on hiatus um, for Thanksgiving week, of course, as we do every year. We've never done a show of Thanksgiving week, but we'll talk about it in two weeks. But uh, they're going to do a big red carpet. They're going to do a reunion and Talking Dead, you know, post-show live uh, Talking Dead episode after. So it's, it's going to be a super size <laughs> Sunday of The Walking Dead. And I believe the um, finale will be 90 minutes. So look out for it. Um, Peacock has the lovely Natalia Dyer, Nancy from Stranger Things, in a oh. comedic thriller series called Based on a True Story. And she's going to uh, be acting alongside Alex Alomar Akaborn, Aisha Alpha, Annabelle Dexter Jones from Succession, and Lee Jun Lee. And it's a series about a realtor, a plumber, and a former tennis star whose lives unexpectedly collide, exposing America's obsession with true crime, murder, and the slow, close toilet seat. Oh, boy, the slow, close toilet seat. I'm sure a lot of couples like that because they can easily push down and push up the seat as as they please without having to hear the annoying bang. Um (laughs) <laughs> Anyways, um, Dave Chappelle hosted Saturday Night Live, and my God, I just, you know, he's very daring, but I feel my man cannot catch a break. I mean, of course, he upset the trans community, but now his monologue apparently talks about the Jewish community. I mean, he was kind of comparing it to a situation with, with uh, Kanye, but... Basically, they used it as popularizing anti-Semitism. So they're kind of, you know, critical of the monologue because he was kind of making jokes surrounding Kanye's controversy. But um, (laughs) it's a touchy subject, yes. You know, I mean, obviously Kanye should be canceled. Maybe he's not completely canceled. Somehow Kanye finds a way to come back being uncanceled, but maybe this was the nail in the coffin, but apparently um, the Anti-Defamation League said we shouldn't expect Dave Chappelle to serve as society's moral compass, but disturbing to see NBC not just normalize but popularize hashtag anti-Semitism. Why are Jewish sensitivities denied 
or diminished in almost every turn. Why does our trauma trigger applause? Interesting. Um, but you know what? It was 15 minutes of a monologue. It tracked, it racked up 3.2 million views on YouTube in less than 24 hours. Chacha, I'm sure you saw Dave Chappelle's monologue on YouTube, right? I know you don't watch Saturday Night I did, yeah. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on his monologue? I don't think it was one of his funniest ones, but right. I definitely did laugh at places. I mean, like his Netflix specials have been amazing. Um, absolutely been amazing. But yeah. I mean, I, like honestly, for Chappelle, like, I don't even really need him to tell jokes all the time. I could just listen to him just like talk about whatever's on top of his head for an hour right. and I'd be happy. Right. Like, it doesn't hearing, necessarily hearing have his, to be funny. It's just hearing just, his take. Yeah. It's just hearing his take, you know? Exactly. And, uh, you know, he joked in his career, he learned there's two joke, two words that you should never say together in a sentence. And those words are the and Jews, the Jews. Yeah. yeah. Um, also added, if they're black, it's a gang. If they're Italian, it's a mom. And if they're Jewish, it's it's a coincidence that you never speak on it. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, it, it, what he said was anti was not anti-Semitic by any means. It was just popularizing what kanye said is what the critics are um saying but i think the best part about saturday night lives episode with uh, dave Chappelle was the game of thrones house of the dragon parody did you see that holy shit chachi they brought back some original Chappelle show characters they were resurrected for this house of the dragon sketch um and it reminded me of that sketch that he did with the walking dead uh the Walking Dead one, I, I thought was better, but I mean, it, it was. You saw it, it right? You saw yeah, it. I, I, I saw it, and um, that's Chloe Feynman in there, your favorite. You know, I love Chloe Feynman. You love Chloe so. Feynman, yes, but. Yeah. Uh, but I would say the the laugh out loud, the one that really, really, there's one sketch in there that made mm-hmm. me bust out laughing. And <laughs> Which one was that? About the potato hole. <laughs> oh my god that one was so funny that was hysterical too yeah because it was it was so so wonderful like you know because it's that what like you know only someone like Chappelle or like some you know mm-hmm. you know could could do something like that where it's 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 all about um white people being insanely uncomfortable <laughs> and like uh, <laughs> and it was so right fucking funny <laughs> it was great I, I think they should bring Chappelle every year mm-hmm. i mean they usually like to bring him on during the elections which i don't know why that's a interesting you know coincidence I to bring Chappelle every week every uh, week you you'd watch saturday night live every week. yeah well just just so like that most of the um writers in snl would um boycott the show you're right I, I did i did miss yeah. uh talking <laughs> about that chachi yes there was a transgendered writer, uh, a, a writer uh, on the show that actually skipped out on her day or th- their day of work. Uh, I'm not sure which pronoun they. Them day. Them day, I think it's called. <laughs> them um, day of work. That's what it's called. Well. No, no, them, them skipped out, called out of work. Did not, not did them call out sick, or or did them say that? them wasn't coming into work that day because them was offended the latter them, i believe that them was offended so so them actually admitted it because i know a lot, of, a lot of people call out of work and like say they're sick you know when they don't want like, something offends them or they don't want to get involved in something or they don't like a project 
but you know, you know, them stepped up and and said them wasn't going to come into work because of um, Chappelle, right? That's what that's happened. Cor- that's correct. Okay. Well, I mean, it's them's right to do it, I guess. You know, and and Saturday Night Live um, supported they um, from doing that. You know, I, Saturday I Night did. didn't fire. Did Saturday Night fire they, or it said it's fine? No, they don't no, have to come they, in. Just gave, they just gave them gave them a day off. Okay, so they, they, I mean, they, was it? <laughs> Them got a free day off, so I mean, I guess everybody wins in this one. You know, we get to see Chappelle, and and and, and they don't get offended. Them. They right. Don't get a f- them them got a free day, and especially around the holidays, you know, it's, it had to be nice to be off. You know, this time of year, it's cold in New York. Last thing I want to <laughs> see is last thing I want to see is for is for they to get a cold this time of year. Speaking of New York, um, another really cool thing that I did was go to the Harry Potter superstore. Oh, how was and that? It was a lot of fun. I mean, it is a it is a glorified store. Let, let's not get that wrong. Which I love. I love that kind. Which of is thing. awesome. But they had you know some unique photo ops with like yeah, the, the Harry Potter. It was it kind of like the Stranger booth. Things store? A little bit. A little bit. Um, with, with, well, yeah, it was pretty much like that. So they had you know you can pose with Hagrid, you know, in in, in these giant shoes. You can take a picture of the Harry Potter phone booth. There are two VR experiences: one in the first floor and one in the basement. But you had to buy pre pre tickets for there, and I didn't get a chance to okay. check out either VR experience oh. because they were sold out up until the late night. It was past the dinner reservations, and by the time I had to get back home. But it's a reason for me to go back, so I highly recommend the Harry Potter store in New York City uh, in the Flatiron area. Um, but uh, went across the street and got some amazing Italian food. And, uh, Obica, uh, Obica's a uh, a really popular chain. They actually have locations in Italy, and they have a location in New York, and they're known for authentic Italian cuisine. And uh, they make wow. fresh mozzarella at the restaurant. Buffalo mozzarella and burrata cheese. If you're a fan of either one, you know, highly recommended. Definitely check it out. Um, it wasn't as good as the um, Stranger Things experience that we did, huh? Well, Stranger Things experience was more of a ride, and, and, and um, the store, you know, the Harry Potter store was more of a store with perks, whereas the Stranger Things was uh, an attraction with a store. So there you go. See how well, New York gets all the coolest stuff like that. They get all the cool pop-ups On in the New East York Coast. City. Yeah, they really do. So uh, definitely, definitely, if you're in New York City, if you're a Harry Potter fan, check out the Harry Potter store in the Iron. In the Flatiron District of New York City. Um, what else? Len Goodman is retiring from Dancing with the Stars. He's been there since season one. He's 78 years old, though. You know, it's, I think it's time to, <laughs> to chill yeah, out. Yeah, it's time for him to stop dancing, right? Dan- stop dancing, and at least judging dancing. Oh, um, oh, he's a judge in there. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's a judge. He wants to spend more time with his grandchildren and family back in Britain. So, So the current season is his last one. They're doing a um, a tribute to Olivia Newton-John, the upcoming American Music Awards, and Pink will do that tribute. Um, Pink is one of the highlighted performers of that um, of that award show. Um, and also, Stevie Wonder uh, will also be joined by Charlie Puth and Arlie Lennox, sorry, Ari Lennox, for a tribute to Lionel Richie, as he is the icon recipient. Oh. Much deserved that Lionel Richie's getting the Icon Award. Oh, right. absolutely. 
And also, Sidney Portier is going to get an icon tribute at the upcoming Gotham Awards in New York. Of course, we lost Sidney Portier um, at the age of 94 in January of this year. Um, so I got some um, pretty much just a couple things, uh, some gossip stuff. So apparently... Candace Cameron Bure, you know her, of course, from Full House, um, who's a very popular Christmas holiday film actress. She does all the holiday movies. Apparently left Hallmark to join a new network um, called The Great American Family. And she says that the channel will keep traditional marriage at the core. So they won't have any LGBTQ couples as the leads. So do they, have, do they have LGBT LGBT programming on the Hallmark Channel? They do probably they? do. Yeah, apparently they they released its first holiday film uh, with LGBTQ. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah that was called um, Jingle Jingle Balls, right? <laughs> that one. I saw that. It was it was pretty heartwarming. It came out. It came out like last year. So actress Hillary, and, and also had had the um the follow up um coming out this year called Dick the Halls. So um, <laughs> Cokie would Cokie would would have loved the 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 new lineup they would had on um on the Hallmark Channel. <laughs> so uh, I think it was like three years ago, like Santa's sack. Um, that was when it came out, <laughs> and I thought it wasn't. <laughs> It wasn't gay enough for my taste, you know. They kept it pretty high level, but I think but, you, you know, broke. You broke Al. I'm hoping they make a Santa Santa sack too. <laughs> Santa um, sack. Yeah. I had a mild heart attack when Santa <laughs> pulled out his sack. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the news part of it. Not a lot of good, not a good movies on Hallmark Channel. Billy Burton Morgan responded to Candace Cameron Burry's, um, I guess, response or tweet about it and called her disgusting. Wait, who's, who, who said this? Hillary Burton Morgan. That's, that? uh, um, that's uh, Negan's wife, <laughs> Lucille. Jeffrey Dean Morgan's uh, actual wife, Hillary Burton, was known for her role in One Tree Hill. And called oh. her a bigot and disgusting for creative decision. She said, I don't remember Jesus liking hypocrites like candy. Candy for Candace. But sure, make your money, honey. You ride that prejudice wave all the way to the bank. There is nothing untraditional about same-sex couples. Wait, so what did she say that was hypocritical? <clears throat> what did she say that was hypocritical? No, no. Yeah, you said you said she, she she said she was a hypocritical. What was what did she say? It was hypocritical. Well, I guess because she says that um, keeping traditional marriage at its core. Yeah. And um, she's according to according to Hillary, there's nothing untraditional about same-sex couples. Um. What? I mean, I mean, it's, so. <laughs> I don't think she said anything, anything that was a lie, saying that traditional marriage is between a man and a woman. I, I mean, I voted for gay marriage in mm -hmm. Maryland, but if she's saying right. 
traditional marriage. That's not a lie because that's was what traditional marriage was. That's a, that's so, a very valid. Point. I mean, I mean, she can say that she's wrong for not wanting to be in in Santa Sack too, but <laughs> that's a whole different story. The thing about this network is called Great American Family. Okay. So it's uh, apparently Christian programming, um, traditional family values. So there you go. Um, well, 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 I was like, I was, I was like, my Christmas uh, movies extra gay, okay. you know, like, um, not really my um, Kwanzaa movies. I like those pretty straight, but Christmas movies is extra, extra gay. I want to say. Okay. You, yeah. you don't mind. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> Sydney Sweeney, she's like on my top. Last week's uh, special topic was because it was Victor Dobro and Vince Eisen were all actors, which top five actresses you'd like to be your scene partner. And of course, yeah, my, Margaret Robbie's, Robbie's my number one. But one of them was also Sydney Sweeney. If you've seen Euphoria, if you've seen Voyeurs, honestly, those are the two things you need to see. And you'll uh, you'll probably put Sydney Sweeney on the top of your list. But apparently she was subjected by a nude photo leak. So apparently a lot of her images from some of the nudity she's done has been tagged by her own family. And she says that her cousins don't need that. It's completely disgusting and unfair. You have a character that goes through scrutiny as being a sexualized person. And then an audience does the same thing. And uh, she said it's ridiculous. She's an artist. She plays characters. It makes me want to play characters that piss people off more oh so she wants to play characters that's going to make them angry which for a lot of men she's going to stop doing the sexy roles Wait, um, what what happened now people are people are tagging people her family are tagging your family in the photos and that's that's just so inappropriate that, that that's definitely wrong just like her personal family members like why would they yeah like her cousins <laughs> people, yeah. people are or people are dicks so they would just yeah. get online social media and just tag her family members and yeah new scenes that she, that she did that is that that's 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 almost funny and how <laughs> stupid stupidly trolling that is. That is, yeah. Like that's like Yeah. Imagine just being like a dad and like and people keep tagging your naked daughter and the pictures on social yeah. media. God. That's hard that's hard for That's like a dick that's, move. That's a dick move, horrible and yeah. Yeah. I mean I'm 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 with Sydney on that. Um, all right, Chach, you sent me this one. So I have to see these women... images to see what was horrible that was tagged. Yeah, watch Euphoria or just Google Sydney Sweeney Euphoria nude and it will come up. Um, but uh, Chachi, you sent me this article. I wasn't aware of it, but two plus size models um, were denied entry into a popular L.A. nightclub because of their curviness, because of their size. Mm-hmm. So apparently... One of the, you know, of course, Sports Illustrated is now embracing models of all sizes. And one, you know, of course, plus size models being one of them. And a bouncer apparently told her and her other curvy model, Alexa J, that they wouldn't be able to join their friends that went into that nightclub, the highlight room in Hollywood. And apparently the bouncer looked up, looked her up and down and said, not tonight. First of all, what kind of friends would walk in a club without their two friends leaving their two oh, friends yeah. behind? That's kind of like a shitty move, by the way. Right. Well, how yeah. how big how big was the door to this club? <laughs> huh? I mean, that's first you gotta you gotta look at logistics, and if the door 
if the door was big enough, then I think the bouncer was, was in the wrong. You know? General, General's got a, the poker face right now. I think he's feeling the guilt about a Psylocke joke from a couple of years ago. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, okay, here, anyway. here's the thing. Here's the thing. Why is this national news? Like, it's the dumbest shit. Like, this has been going yeah, on forever. Bouncers. They, they did a viral video. Hashtag yeah. not tonight. Um, and they, they're tired of playing it safe. They want to let people know that, that body shaming, uh, discrimination due to body shaming and, and, you know, to curvy women or plus size women is wrong. Right. You know? Um, and the worst part about all this is like the, the nightclub had like a very nice buffet inside, which, which, you know, made this whole thing <laughs> way worse. What? It made it way worse. You know, the whole situation. No, but there, I mean, this has been done. I mean, this was this was being done back in the '70s in Studio 54. You know, they were being rude and not letting people in based on the way they looked, or they weren't cool enough. They weren't dressed cool enough. Um, if they, you know, yeah, but, didn't look the way they wanted them to look. I mean, yes, it, but it, we're, we're we're in a new time right now, where everything yeah. is you know sensitive now. And you know, do you think that nightclubs should also follow suit and be, you know? Be be woke. Can nightclubs be woke now and allow anybody into their nightclub? You know, that's the situation now that that I'm surprised. Well, I didn't know there were still nightclubs that were being strict like that anymore. Oh, yeah. Los Angeles, New York, of course. So apparently they're, you know, the Tao group who owns that highlight room nightclub. They were called Um, the highlight room is the name of the club and the the Tao group. Oh, they're they're the Tao. Yeah. Tao from Vegas, New York. They're the parent company. Okay. So apparently, they said, we are aware of Ella and Alexa's experience. The doormat on this particular evening were for a third-party promotion, and we've removed this ind- individual from the door effective immediately. Yeah. We have made several attempts to resolve this issue directly with Ella and Alexa and even schedule a meeting within days to address their experience, which they – which they unfortunately canceled. Our company does not tolerate discrimination of any kind. We're always appreciative of feedback on our operation and continue to work on and improve our guest experience. But, you know, they've been strict with their door for a long, long time. And yeah, I saw- it, it, that's the biggest response I ever heard from a company. Yeah. You know, they oh, want to oh, save face because people yeah. are angry. A lot of, you know, a lot of. The, we had no idea. We had no idea this has been going on for the last 40 years. No idea at all that you're discriminating Based on the way somebody looks at getting inside a nightclub, an exclusive mm. nightclub. Shut the fuck up. Oh, are we gonna fire we're gonna fire the the doorman now. We had no idea this was kind of stuff was going well, on. Feel, I feel bad for, I, I frankly feel bad for the two women. I do. There was they they wanted to hang out with their friends, they got dressed up and they were just trying to have a good time. Yeah, I mean, you know? but but I mean this is nothing new, you know, and, and like and was it because they were fat or was it just because well, you know of, what um, I think they should have done is they should have made the promoter aware or the manager of the nightclub aware that these two women are influencers. And one of them is a, a sports illustrated swimsuit model. That alone. Well, that means that means nothing. That means nothing nowadays. You think that means nothing That's nowadays? Like, yeah. I mean, fuck, if Lizzo stopped by the fucking nightclub, they fucking let her in in a heartbeat, you know? Right. But but so was it because of their weight or just because they didn't like their looks? Or the way it, they were might, it must have been for their weight. I mean, of course, the, the the doorman wasn't interviewed as far as the reasoning, but he apparently looked them up and down and said, "Not tonight." So that's how they yeah, got that. But, that but don't think don't think the doorman wasn't doing what the nightclub wanted. 
because right. 100 he was doing with the nightclub one and they're being fake now we had no idea that yeah. people were getting judged had at to the door come, of a nightclub come from the top I, I can't see the bouncer making the decision he was probably told by management to be very discreet at the door you know yeah towels act all like fucking innocent now okay yeah we, we believe that one right exactly um and the last thing on my list this is it guys um the me too stuff oh thank god thank god we did that for the last thank god yes, yeah for last so apparently <laughs> ending on a high note yeah, yeah. the danny <laughs> masterson case is coming to a close with the prosecutors wrapping up more than a month of testimony uh and apparently the prosecutors are painting um danny as an upstat a church term for its highest ranking members who took sexual liberties with young vulnerable women by bulldozing through clear boundaries knowing there would be no consequences and if that's a part of scientology that is one fucked up quote unquote religion um uh yeah um uh so are you are you signing up no no you don't be a scientologist no i do not want to be a scientologist i mean danny i met the guy again my impression was always positive he's a really nice guy but apparently that was around the time that i did meet him that he was doing all this crazy stuff and and horrible he he didn't bang you he did not no you're not being okay but uh you know four different women three of them were scientologists one wasn't are accusing Mastin of extreme controlling behavior and violent rapes at his la home of course um danny insists that they're all consensual a lot of them were you know he was in legitimate relationships with and he maintained that he never engaged in non-consensual sex but and another interesting note Danny Masterson did not testify. He did not get on the stand at all. I'm not sure if that will hurt him or help him. It didn't help for um, Derek Chauvin. I don't know. I mean, not taking the stand, you know? I don't know. I mean, if you hear some resentment, if you hear some... I always feel that a defendant should always take the stand. I don't know. Well, sometimes sometimes a defendant taking the stand is very much a liability. Because... Okay. like, you know, especially if uh, it's well, I mean, I guess it depends on, you know, from defendant to defendant. Like if a de- mm-hmm. defendant isn't doesn't portray at least a little bit, a little bit of remorse. And um, I would imagine Danny Masterson as an actor should be able to I mean, whether he feels it or not, he should be able to fake it. But yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, um so that's a little surprise. Like with Derek Chauvin, I mean, Derek Chauvin was completely remorseless about about it. And um, it made sense why he didn't take the stand. Didn't help him, but it made sense why he didn't take the stand. Right, right. And that's the case with uh, Dan Master did not take the stand. So we will see. I'm very, very curious to see what the, the jury comes up with um, after deliberating and yeah um you know of course this is one of these trials that i kind of i would have loved to watch it you know i know the amber heard trial the johnny depp trial was televised and i i found myself watching that shit every day they didn't televise this one for some reason but uh it's interesting which uh trials are televised and which are not i think there's yeah we gotta figure even if you're innocent if you're innocent if you get put on the stand you're gonna have like like you know prosecutors trying to trip you up you know and ask you questions ask you different dates you know trying to make you seem like a liar 
So that's why a lot of people don't do it. That, I mean, even if they are innocent, they can be made to look like a liar with a really good um, prosecutor. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're an actor, you you sh- you probably be able to handle yourself better in that kind of situation. But you know, this is an average person. If I start asking you, like, where were you on this date? You know, on March 13th, and you're trying to think. You're like, oh, why, why can't you remember that? Or you know, or you said it was March 18th before. You know, why does the story keep changing? Like, they just try to trip you up. So that's why. Mm. A lot of people just leave it to the um, professionals, leave it to their lawyer to um, speak for them. Mm-hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're um, innocent or guilty. Yeah. All right. Some sad rest in pieces. Um, John Aniston, the Greek-born actor and the father of Jennifer Aniston. Of course, we all know who Jen Aniston is. Sadly passed away. Um, Jen Aniston said, sweet papa, John Anthony Aniston, you're one of the most beautiful humans I ever knew. I'm so grateful that you went soaring into the heavens in peace and without pain. Yeah, he was a big time actor on Days of Our Lives. Like, mm-hmm. like their top villain on that show for like, I mean, it might have been like, you know, decades that he That's was right. on that show. That's um, right. Very, I used to watch that some summers back when I was a kid. But, you know, very huge villain on that show. You know, was a huge actor before, you know, his daughter became an actor. That's right. You're right. Days of Our Lives, CBS's Search for Tomorrow, The Mary Tyler Moore Show. And I know this particular character, this particular actor um, is was is near and dear to General Zod's heart. And that's Kevin Conroy. Oh, yeah. Character yeah. actor who lent his voice to Batman, a series of animated shows, movies and video games, passed away at the age of 66. He lost a short battle with cancer. And wow, wow. so, so sad. That was his, that was stunning, but I remember yeah. seeing a seeing him where he looked so frail and sickly, which was so oh. Oh, such a shame to see. Like, yeah, that's so he, sad. He to me is like, um, he was the definitive Batman. At least mm-hmm. when it came to the to his voice, like I can't imagine Batman with any other voice besides Kevin Conroy's. Right? Now, like, didn't you say like he's your favorite verbally, Batman too? What's that? Didn't you say he's your favorite Batman as well? Yeah, yeah. The the animated series I think is the purest and truest, like best example of what Batman can be. Like, because it went in so in a lot of, you know, it was like artistic, like artistically it it really like pushed boundaries, but it also kept it like grounded with like more like detective work and everything like that. And it still had this like kind of cool, like hyper stylized look yeah i mean the the animated series beats everything mm-hmm. although i mean obviously like you know the christopher nolan movies are great the batman that came out earlier this year was great it's like Batson, uh, robert pattinson yeah yeah michael keaton and let's not forget michael keaton for the first batman. can't forget him yeah. yeah and the last uh celebrity is uh gallagher the prop comic famous for smashing wall- watermelons on stage. yes Drenching up the the cl- crowd with watermelon juice and other juices, maybe unmentionable juices. The sledgeomatic. Uh, yeah, apparently he suffered multiple heart attacks and uh, really, really sad. Um, yeah, I think uh, Carrot Top was very influenced by Gallagher. Yeah, uh, and didn't he have like his? Wasn't it like his brother tried to steal his act? And also yeah, tried to like tour as Gallagher. Went as Gallagher too. Yeah, Gallagher. Too. They made <laughs> yeah. the two. They made the two really small, so people would think it was the you know the original Gallagher, and they, they did right. the same act with the Sajamatic and stuff too, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
much. That's so we actually have one more uh, surprise joining hey. us. Uh, her lovely presence. Aww. I think she's our social media queen. She hasn't uh, she hasn't been on our social media in a while, but uh, she's joining us. She's making those posts count. Yes, but <laughs> what, she's them done, out. what she's done has has been very impactful. Yeah. She is Sarah Snuffleupagus, Sarah Bentman. I know uh, you're joining us a little later, uh, but we're still glad you uh, could stop by and say hello. Hey, guys. Thanks for having hey. me. Hi. Happy hey. Happy Thank you. Thank you. It's been a while. It has. We miss and, you. Uh, yeah, we do miss Sarah. Sarah's going to be, she's going to, she's definitely hopefully going to be on our Christmas show. And I told her to drink as much as she did prior <laughs> for our Christmas show on December. 10th. Oh, yes. Because <laughs> that made for one of the best, best Christmas shows that we've had. So we've had some fun Christmas shows, but the virtual Christmas shows doesn't have the same, you know, camaraderie and, 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 and effect. But Sarah, we have the Sarah made that show one of the best Christmas virtual <laughs> shows that we've had. It was awesome. Aww. Lord. <laughs> Sarah, say, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having Thank me. Thank you. Yeah, I wanted to have you on a little earlier because we were talking about this uh, news article that made uh, headlines about two plus size models. They were trying to get into this LA nightclub, and apparently the bouncer looked them up and down and said, Not tonight. And apparently, you know, a lot of people are all up in arms because they have quite the followers. You know, they don't tip fit the, the Hollywood mold uh, of traditional what's considered a hot model, but I feel that modeling really has changed. I mean, walking by Victoria's Secret, you don't see those slender fit models all the time now. And for the most part, they're pretty much erased from the billboards. You know, you might see one among four other ones, you know, but the angels. The angels, yeah. right. The angels are gone. Um, you go to, fuck, Abercrombie and Fitch. You know, that that uh, uh, marketing has really, really changed. And, you know, you know you've know, you done your fair share of modeling. So I was curious, what do you think of, of how modeling is today and, and, uh, and how the branding has changed with accepting, I guess, being more inclusive? I mean, it can be positive in a lot of ways, but I mean, in this case, you know, yeah, the, the, these two women were were shunned at uh, the LA nightclub, and you know, you know, the company, you know, the nightclub was forced to like apologize for their actions. So, yeah. The industry definitely is changing. I would say high fashion world is still pretty pretty slender, um, but there's there's definitely a change. I feel like it's good to promote, you know, all bodies are beautiful, and you know, be inclusive. But I feel like, you know, like it, it's definitely changing. Well, and it's a thing. OK, you can go like a, a curvy or whatever, but you also have to promote health, too. Right. Yeah. I mean, totally. It, you know, it's what we're some of the, the models that are being represented. Is that promoting health? You know, I mean, is it healthy? You know, well, the age of like the Kate Moss type model. Yeah. Ones who, you know, were pretty much like emaciated. I don't think that exists. The waves. Yeah. 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 The waif models from the Kate Moss. Yeah, I don't miss just, that yeah. time period, but. But I do miss the Victoria's Secret fashion show. Yeah. Same. I mean, honestly, like. I do too. Why, why can't we just have the traditional show, but in, be more inclusive with the billboards? Fine. But keep the Victoria's Secret fashion show as what it was. You know, it, it's, it's like a fantasy. 
runway show that yeah. that that attracted so many celebrities and it was like a, the hottest ticket and um well, you know, I don't think I every just, person should be a model either i think it certain certain i mean and it's more more to modeling than just your looks too it's like you know how you mm-hmm. carry yourself how you can walk how you can talk and pose and all that kind of stuff so i don't right. think any I, I don't think it should be where anybody get, who wants to be a model gets to be a model you know but I still don't see any uh, fat guys on these billboards or in stores, in the front of stores or whatever, you know. So it's not – they act like they want to be all inclusive. Like, where are all the big husky guys? That's the only, so- Yeah, the only time yeah. I ever see husky guys is, like, in a special section of, like, like what well, was, like, Sears. They would have, like, the one picture <laughs> of the fat kid, like, you know, in the back and for the husky section. Right. But, what's yeah. The name, I'm, I'm yeah what's the name of that big and tall store? You can go to Yeah, the, they have that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's a whole separate store just for that. If you're if you're a fat guy or you're tall, well, you can go to they a whole had Lane special Bryant store for the the women, right? They had the yeah. Lane Bryant stores, you know. Yeah, what's the um, other one? Um, um, Tord. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, where I shop for all my girls. Oh, for all your girls. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, but I, yeah, like I. I mean, Abercrombie, I don't think, does Abercrombie even sell anything, like, plus size? Like, I don't think I can fit in anything in Abercrombie. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. you're, also, yeah. you're also not exactly the target. I mean, you graduated no. from high school. You're not the target market for Abercrombie. Right, right. <laughs> so, right. I'm saying, if they're, having, if they're having, like, the plus sizes now, like, I don't think I can fit in anything in the store. Right. You know, I mean, yeah. I mean, not with this muscular body, no. Right. <laughs> with the muscles. But all, <laughs> look at Zod. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think they should, I mean, I think inclusion and diversity is good, but why not just, let's, let's keep them closer to the fit because I mean, you know, the models are, they want to make the clothes look, they want to sell the product. They want people, everyone to feel good about themselves. I feel do diversity, but let's keep the models fit. That's, that's my, oh, I think they should do it. No, I agree. I agree with that. You know because fitness is very important, you know, and it's also health, you know? Yeah. No, you know? Like, like every every picture of guys you see have, like, washboard abs, you know, and all these pictures still to this day. So okay. I want to hear about, like, oh, this is for, inc- you know, being inclusive or whatever. No, it, it's, they're trying to get attention. They're trying to be like, look, we're so yeah. we're such good people that we're going to put yeah. this um, woman on here who's obviously a mess. And we're going to put her as our star model. <laughs> like. Yeah, you know they're trying to get attention for it. That's why they're not doing it with guys. They're only doing it with women because they know it's going to um, trend. I mean, that's why this talent nightclub is like they know damn well they've been excluding people since the beginning of time that they had nightclubs. They've been not letting people actually, inside. There's actually another reason why they're doing it for women instead of men, and it's like it's another like kind of darker reason, but it's because like. Um, I mean, they're like I know it's 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 easy to make jokes about this kind of stuff, and I get right. it. I get that we're it's not too easy. It takes a lot of skill. <laughs> That's true too. Don't minimize it. Um, yeah. We're doing this show, General. Right. Yeah, because I mean, there there is you know I mean there there's a lot that that kind of points to like especially like younger people having like sub, like their um having some mental health issues because of these kind of like unrealistic standards and so like there's a lot of attention going at that from the uh from the female side i don't think it's the same kind of attention towards male mental health in the same way 
And that's why, like, you know, with, you know, because, like, you know, we still see, you know, mostly guys with washboard abs. I mean, of course, on TV, I guess you've got, like, your funny fat It makes me sick. But the, for the fat guys on yeah, these fat guys on TV are always for the jokes, you know, like the, the Chris yeah, Farley's yeah. and like yeah. the husbands yeah. who are married to like the skinny, attractive yeah. woman. Like the Kevin you know, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. The Kevin James, they always go for comedy, the fatter guys. Mm-hmm. So, so I think about there's that. A, there's always every a time place. I go to the McDonald's drive-through, I always think about that and cry as I'm driving through, <laughs> waiting for there's my always a place. Big Mac but... meal. Let, let, let's bring back traditional models. Let's bring let's let's bring them back, man. You know, well, there's that one song. There's enough, room, there's enough room in modeling to have many different kinds. But yeah. 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 Be inclusive. Yeah, but, yeah. Absolutely be inclusive. But you know one but, thing that, I mean, that's, that's why they make the Walmart circular. You know they have <laughs> they hire models there too. Yeah, and they like, need them. No, but but um, there's a reason why they always use these super beautiful models in advertising and you know and I'm in marketing and stuff like that because yeah even the women who don't look like that when they buy the clothes <laughs> they feel like they're going to look like that they're gonna, you know you're gonna feel like a million bucks yeah right like, like if I if I went to buy like a, a shirt and like there's some guy with his gut hanging out at the bottom of the shirt on there I want to feel like <laughs> if I buy it I'm gonna look the same way but right. I mean, if I see a guy with washboard abs or whatever who's you know looking all good and stuff and yeah. like. Yeah. Looking, looking like you know, sexy and delicious or whatever. Then I think I'm gonna look the same way if I buy it, right? Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> but I mean, it's all it's all psychological, you know. And that's why when I used yeah. to um, watch the Victoria's Secret um, fashion show, oh yeah, like I remember on Facebook, like most of the comments on Facebook were from women saying, you know, how sexy they are, how awesome they are, yeah. how they're going to the gym tomorrow, that kind of stuff. Like, exactly, um, it's motivation. Oh, yeah. it is motivation. Yeah. But now, yeah. we can't, now there's no more motivation because they I, canceled the Victoria's I, Secret fashion show. Yeah. So Sarah, you missed the Victoria's Secret fashion show. You you feel it should be back, yeah. right? So you feel it's, you I, feel I, it's I, so it's so too woke. It. You think it's overly woke? Let's be honest. Huh? Is it overly woke or not? Come on. I think it's overly woke. The industry. Yeah. 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 It, it's. Let's give a little a sprinkle of it, but and not I, and too it's much. Like, uh, like I, I don't like that as much, especially because it's like, just because you have a photo of yourself, it does not make you a model. Like I see a lot of people yeah, that right. I'm this, and it's like, no, you didn't work for it. You're not like the, no. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, it's like just because you show your ass on Instagram doesn't make you a right. Model. Just because right. you open OnlyFans, it does not make oh, you. Only right. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's interesting because the model term has been used very loosely between the high fashion models and the models that do nudity, and then the ones that do more adult stuff on OnlyFans. So um, I guess maybe there should be a differentiation, you know, like definitely, you definitely. know, to, to to not affect the the the, the models, you know. But well, what's that? There's a new Victoria's Secret song, right? Like the um, what's the like, like I know Victoria's Secret, and like she's kind of like bashing the good-looking models of Victoria's Secret, and really it's the past now, right? Um, but yeah, it's it's a popular song. I, I think it's like you know the, the top 100 or whatever I've heard right. on the radio. Mm-hmm. But I, I think they're trying to try and get away from all that and trying to distance themselves. And like the old Victoria's Secret was run by a guy. And now it's like a board of women or whatever who run it. So I think they're just trying yeah. to like, you know, keeping that good press, doing 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 whatever the media wants them to do and whatever they think is gonna win them favor in the media. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's gonna lead to sales. You know, I think 
people still want to see these attractive models no matter what they say mm-hmm. you know and i think especially when it comes to buying like lingerie and stuff like that they're going to want to see like beautiful women wearing the lingerie you know even yeah. if they're not the traditional beauties or models mm-hmm. totally. and so we'll I, see how I, it pans out i feel like now there's like a big swing too in in fake bodies and plastic surgery especially oh god yes the big butts the big boobs the overfilled face like that is so oh no Uh, and working in that industry like i'm I'm seeing like a growth of like i guess because i'm around it and i'm seeing it but i'm also seeing like other like it's yeah you're seeing a growth all right it's it's going (laughs) a growth in their ass (laughs) i'll leave it at that yeah no but but, i mean you know we're not saying that you know all women aren't beautiful or whatever it is, but I don't think all women are models. You know, I think a model is, is a separate thing and not everybody deserves to be a model. I couldn't be a model. I couldn't be on a runway. Um, so I think I'm fine with that. And I think, I don't know. I think, I think unless, a lot of people, unless it's for real people, cause there's a lot of real yeah. people casting out there, but, right. but yeah, for branding, for lingerie, for, for that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it should. Stay. Well, I think, I think a lot of it is, um, you know, exploitation when they're using these models and they're putting it up there because of the way that they think they don't, they don't look well, um, look good. And they're kind of using them, you know, like if they're putting up there front and center as a reason, because to show how good of a person they are for, for it, it's like, it's like the, um, in the teen movies when they like bring like some girl or whatever to the prom as a joke or whatever, or, or a girl brings a guy to the prom as a joke. You know, just to show off how bad of somebody they can they can put bring to a prom right. or something like that. You know, it must be that kind of thing. <laughs> right. Wow, this has been a great discussion. I know it's getting late for a lot of folks, so I think we mm-hmm. uh, should wrap up uh, tonight's. Yeah. Uh, I'm hungry now with all this food talk. I know. <laughs> Get a snack before bed. I know, right? Especially, especially since we'll never be models, yeah. we may as well yeah. just. Eat. Well, I could. Well, I could jump. Me, most, I could jump start my career. My model the, career. The chat right now, uh, Zod, speak for yourself. Uh, all right, all right, all right, um, Al Soto. We know you're a model, but. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did a, did do a UPS ad, but. That's, there you that's, go. That's real people casting. Sometimes they need real people. He had yeah. his shirt off in the ad. Yeah. And hey, he's like, he's like I got your package here. here. I'm featured prominently in one. Sarah, uh, one I have to thank Sarah and her sister because they're the ones that found that ad. I did, I actually did video. I did a video, um, a video ad for that that spot, and they did some stills. And I, I didn't think they're going to use any of them. There you go. Two years later, they're they're out there. Wow. And Sarah's sister actually found that particular UPS ad. So, <laughs> <She did>. okay, <laughs> yeah. But wow, it's not Victoria's really Secret, cool. motherfuckers. It's fucking UPS. I'm fucking. Oh, so you weren't in your underwear? No, day. I'm fucking okay. putting together. I'm fucking. I'm, I'm. I'm working a bike shop. You know. Putting yeah, but he's he's back. wearing some sexy brown shorts, right? If we. <laughs> I was I was off. working at a mo- motorcycle uh, a motorcycle repair shop. I was a mechanic. Oh, oh okay. Okay. Yeah. So just working on some parts. I had no idea what the parts were. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. All right. Well, this wraps up tonight's Below the Belt show. But who has a birthday on Tuesday, November 15th? Well, actor Sam Waterston does. He's 82. Uh, Beverly D'Angelo from National Lampoon's Vacation. How old is she? She is 71. 71. 71. Wow. She's great for 71. Oh, 
Rachel True from Half and Half is 56, and uh, Rachel is also in The Craft. Yes. Okay. Um, if you like Nickelback, Jack Kroger is 48. <laughs> hey, recent um, inductees into the Canadian Music Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. Yeah. yeah. Nickelback. <laughs> oh, God. It's going to be the American Hall of Fame. Um, Shailene Woodley. Yes. 31 from Divergent, Insurgent, Fault in Our Stars. Um, I got to work with her on Snowden. Yeah. Big Little Liars. Oh, yeah. It, or big, big little, little big little lies big yes. little lies yeah yeah it's wow she's in her 30s already yeah it's crazy she's just playing high school like a few years ago it seemed and fault yeah. in our stars you know it's crazy they all grew up so fast right and emma dumont um yeah she is a beauty and a talent um she was in bunheads but more importantly she was in the gifted on uh fox remember the polaris Zod? yeah she was polaris yeah Ooh, man was she a hottie or what Indeed. 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 She was. She I think she's very underrated. You know, um but she is absolutely stunning. Emma Dumont, look her up, guys. She is twenty eight today's. That's birthdays today. And of course Chachi McFly's yeah. birthday show here on BTV. Thank you. Thank you. It was a great time. Yeah, man. With all of you. Absolutely. We had some surprises. Thank you so much for the resident rock star Flex for joining us earlier. Sabrina Taylor yeah. Smith. Yeah, sweet chocolate her herself. Phone. Thank you so much, Sarah Snuffleupagus Bentman. Thank you. Aww. Aww. Good seeing you again. Good seeing you too. Happy birthday. Thank She'll you. You got to come to our our Christmas, Christmas gathering, Christmas show, yeah. and hopefully, hopefully, our in-person Christmas social. Yeah. She's gonna try, right? I'm gonna try. I mean, I guess right. it's fingers kind of crossed. A long drive for you now. Like you're in you're in Alexandria, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. Don't talk her out of it, um, Jenna. No, no. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, it's it's too far for you now, Sarah. You don't want to come, you know. It's <laughs> it's gonna be cold. It's supposed to snow that week. Right. It's gonna be dangerous, you know. Right. Just don't do it, Sarah. Don't do it. No. Like, <laughs> and um, we're frozen. Jenna talks her out of it. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, we start the Christmas holiday. We start the Christmas holiday, guys. In december and um we are off next week for thanksgiving so happy thanksgiving for our listeners all across the world hope you spend it with family and um eat a lot of turkey and uh closing and tonight's show the more you eat the more chance you have at being a model right there you go <laughs> there you go <laughs> so get that second third helping yeah sarah are you gonna gravy. have second or third helpings yes. sarah yes I don't think so. Ah, okay. All right. All right. Well, if you don't want to be a supermodel, Sarah, that's up to you. That's right. But you like, you have Victoria's Secret. Pass, I guess. Pass. <laughs> so I'm conducting an exclusive interview later in the week with CJ Perry. This is huge for B2B. She's also known as Lana in the WWE. She was in Total Divas. She was in Pitch Perfect 1 and 2. And she's in the, in the new Surreal Life on VH1. Sharing a house with with Dennis Rodman, Kim Coles, and Frankie Muniz, and a whole bunch of other celebrities. Wow, Frankie Muniz, really? Yeah, I know. Interesting He's, crowd there. Interesting, interesting crowd. Um, and uh, yeah, that is Surreal Life 2022. Uh, and yeah, Dennis Rodman, or yeah, Tamar Braxton, August Alcina. 
and more. So, um, yeah. So we're going to talk to CJ Perry, a.k.a. Lana. Curious about her stint in the WWE, why we haven't seen her in AEW. Um, it's exciting one for our friends at PR Machine. Shout out to Rachel, Emily, and our boy Mike Leota. And um, I'm missing one more. Um, Grace and Grace, yes. Uh, they've been awesome to us at BTB because they give us guests. We don't even ask. They that just say, awesome. hey, can you interview these people? And we're like, yes. Uh, I can't say enough great things about um, PR Machine for, for giving us guests here on BTB. So that exclusive is coming to you right now to close the show. So anyways, guys, on behalf of everybody here on BTB, enjoy your Thanksgiving break, and we'll see you at the end of November. Until then, peace. Peace. Special interview time here on Below the Belt Show. Uh, joining me as my guest co-host is reality TV icon from realityaftershow.com. You might know him from Survivor, Pearl Islands, and uh, Survivor All-Stars, uh, and many, many more. Johnny Fairplay, my good buddy, back on BTB. How's it going, Al? It's been a, been a minute. It has been a minute. I thought you were the perfect uh, co-host to interview C.J. Perry, a.k.a. Lana, the ravishing Russian from the WWE. Sure, yeah. Like, uh, I, our, uh, our worlds have crossed paths uh, on a couple different occasions, and uh, so, but I've never in person, so it, uh, this will be fun. So, you know, after Survivor, I did, I did TNA wrestling, and, you know, I've right. continued to do wrestling stuff throughout the years but uh, uh i was actually approached to be on the second season of surreal life so, uh, I, <laughs> I, I, so there you go i, I would love what, to exchange notes so. yeah you're the perfect perfect person to host <laughs> this great interview of course surreal life on vh1 uh, new episodes dropping every monday night uh but really quick fair play uh tell us about uh all your after shows going on Oh, geez. Too many to count. So uh, go to realityaftershow.com uh, for links to everything. Um, I, uh, I have uh, – uh, we do a Survivor After Show, a Survivor recap each week uh, covering U.S. Survivor on the Patreon at realitypatron.com. We cover Australian Survivor and the Challenge Australia. I'm doing Survivor viewing parties all over the country. Uh, next week I'm going to be in uh, uh, the Meadowlands, New Jersey, uh, seven miles from Times Square at Valero Snort uh, Brewery. And so uh, head over to SurvivorHomecoming.com for that. And there's CJ. <laughs> That's right. Let's go ahead and introduce her, guys. You can currently see her on VH1 on Surreal Life every Monday night, 9 p.m., with a whole host of crazy characters, uh, formerly known as Lana in the WWE. Uh, CJ, uh, welcome to Below the Belt Show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Uh, I've watched the first four episodes that are available for everyone's viewing pleasure. And my God, is there some drama? And it seems a lot of the drama stems from uh, the worm himself, Dennis Rodman. Dennis likes to stir the pot a little bit, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis also likes to uh, walk around nude. So you've seen the worm, I guess. I mean, I closed my eyes because I didn't want my husband to be mad at me. So I was like, ah! 
I didn't want the big Bulgarian brute to show up. And <laughs> we hope he shows up, actually. I think that'd be uh, interesting uh, TV. But you actually mentioned in the first episode that you did not want to share a room with Dennis Rodman. That was like the most important thing. Well, my husband told me I could not share a room with any men. So uh, um, as I'm like getting going to the airport, he's like, you cannot share a room with a man. And I'm like, okay, what about if he's gay? Um, so but it, turned out to be, <laughs> it turned out to be perfect because Tamar Braxton and I like bonded immediately. It, it, it was it was a big bond. It... <laughs> oh, no, am I stalling? CJ, are you with us? So, all right. So, as I was mentioning before, uh, <laughs> Thanksgiving Eve, biggest bar night of the year. See me in uh, seven miles from Times Square, Bolero Snort Brewery. Go to survivorhomecoming.com. I'll be joined by uh, 10 survivors at least, uh, a couple surprise guests. Very excited. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so check us out there. And then the following week, my last uh, viewing party of the year, I'm going to be in Charlotte, North Carolina at Lenny Boy Brewing. Uh, tickets for that, SurvivorTix.com. So tickets for both, SurvivorHomecoming.com, SurvivorTix.com. They're available. And I think CJ's back. Yes, <laughs> CJ's back with us. Yes. We were just <laughs> – I think we, uh, when, we, when you left us, we were talking about uh, not sharing a room with any guy unless he was gay, which in the case of Manny, uh, who is gay, that might have been okay. But uh, – I was yeah. about to ask my husband for permission, but he uh, luckily Tamar and I bonded really well. So Tamar Braxton and I were roommates and she was the best roommate. I loved her. Awesome. Well, how do you get involved in this social experiment? Uh, what what convinced you to, to join the show? Oh, man. Well, I was a big fan when it was on and I would run home. I would watch it. I mean, it's Flava Flav and Bridget Nelson and yes. China all on different, you know, different seasons, but I was a huge fan. And so when I got the call and was asked to be on the show, I was shocked also because it hasn't been on for 15 years. So it's like, whoa, this is a reboot. Oh my gosh, you want me to be a part of it? So mm -hmm. I was just, I was super excited. I also was really anxious because essentially you're living in a house with seven other strangers that mm -hmm happen to be celebrities with no doors, you know, it's kind of like a, a house of misfit toys, you know, all thrown in there. And, but at the same time, everyone has like these crazy memorable careers. And at the end of the day, I want to be mem memorable too, just like them. Awesome. I, 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 uh, I am Johnny Fairplay. I was on <laughs> Survivor and a bunch of other shows. Uh, I actually got a call for season two of Surreal Life in its first oh incarnation. And uh, the head of casting for Surreal Life back then was Kristen Prouty. No way. Yes. Oh, <laughs> so, so we're sitting there and she was just like, Johnny, you know, are you interested in Surreal Life? I'm like, I don't know. And she was just like, she goes, you love the wrestling stuff. And I was just like, yeah. She goes, my roommate in college was Stephanie McMahon. And fast forward, she's right <laughs> You want to hear something so crazy about that? Because first of all, I didn't know Kristen Prouty and Stephanie McMahon were um, roommates in college. That is like the hottest tea you could have given me. I love it. Thank you. I am here for it. Um, but all, amazing. But also like that's so wild that she was the casting director because when I auditioned and tried out for WWE, she was essentially the casting that was she was throwing 
pulling the whole casting of the diva search in the WWE office. And I remember Kristen Prouty, like I came in and it's triple H and Kristen Prouty there. And um, yeah, so she had a big part of, I'm sure of getting me hired. So I'm yeah. forever thankful. She, we, we, we stay in touch. Like, uh, so a after surreal life, uh, Al, she, she went on, she's, uh, she's, uh, at, at one point, I don't know what her official title, she, she's head of um, like celebrity interactions for, for WWE. Ah, and and like uh, I remember I did a appearance in Australia and uh, the last day in Australia, we had a chance to go uh, do a tour of Peter Jackson's uh, deal. And uh, everyone mm -hmm. and I'm just like, uh, WrestleMania is on. I need to watch. And so this is like, you know, 11 o'clock in the morning in Australia. So I'm, I'm watching <laughs> WrestleMania. And so we fly back to LAX and we're going, you know, from one side of LAX to the other. And we're, you know, trying to get to this other terminal. A limousine pulls up right as we get to the terminal we're looking for. And it's Kristen getting out of the limo with uh, Mickey Rourke. Ooh. Oh, wow. And, and and Mickey. And I was like, I just watched you on WrestleMania. Uh, I was in Australia. Goes, yeah, I was just in Australia. I'm like, no, you weren't. You were at WrestleMania. <laughs> that is and Chris is like, wild. what are you doing, Fair Play? And I'm like, so. <laughs> But back when she asked right. me, so it back a long time ago, after the first seat, it was the Hollywood perception of the first season of, of Surreal Life was when you did the Surreal Life, that was it. That was your last check you cash in Hollywood. And so she so, so for season two, she was like, hey, are you interested? And I'm like, no, I, I got I got a lot of checks that still still needed to be cashed. I'm so then season two comes out and you get all these spinoffs, you know, like like Chris mm -hmm. Knight uh, got the spinoff and 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 Flavor Flav and all these. And so season three, I'm calling Kristen. I'm just like, hey, <laughs> and she was like, right. you already told me no. And I'm like, I changed my mind. I didn't know there's spinoffs. <laughs> You know what's so I that's such a great story. And I love that like the industry has changed so much too, because you're talking about like 2004, 2005. Right. When it was like, oh my God, if you do reality, you can either do traditional television or you can do reality. You can't do both. There was you know, no both. It was like, yeah. You have social media, traditional format, reality. Like you can't be one trick pony. You have to do it all. And we we carve our own path. No, yeah. you know, no matter what, you know. So I, I love to see that. I love hearing that story and just to see how the industry has evolved as a whole. It's exciting. Absolutely. And you forayed in the reality television with Total Divas. What would you say the biggest differences uh, between the two shows, Total mm -hmm. Divas and Surreal Life? Well, the initial is that Surreal Life is a comedy and Total Divas is a doc style reality show. And Surreal Life is a social experiment and it's a comedy. So there's like a lot of drama happening, um, you know, a lot of drama on, on really that was happening in the house. And, <laughs> and the producers would, you know, we can't even see the producers. It's just like a house, a big house. And they're like, who knows where, you know, hiding somewhere. And then <laughs> right. when all this stuff went down with Dennis and he had to like leave the house because right. of you know, some inappropriate things that were said. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's an understatement. Um, but um, Dennis and I are cool. You have to, you have to, you have to keep on watching. Um, but oh. um, the producers come out of like the walls all of a sudden, you know, the producers and the executives at VH1 and they're like, guys, this is not a drama. This is, a, <laughs> this is a comedy. We're all like, this is a comedy. We don't feel really comedic. Um, but it turned out like an edit and how they've edited it, just the network and the producers mm -hmm. have been so amazing of just, you know, bringing it, making it really entertaining. I've, I've so enjoyed watching it myself, to be honest. I'm like, this is funny. 
there's a lot of crying moments, you know. Dennis breaks down. Uh, Tamar breaks down and cries. I know. So there, there's more, more more of a dramedy really show that he figured yeah, out a bit of both. Sure. For sure. Yeah. And Dennis is like just getting to know him in a different type of way. And him, you know, it was really cool to see how he opened up. And um, with everyone, people were opening up in different ways. And you start to realize, oh, this is the reason why you are the person who you are. And who am I mm-hmm. to judge you? Like, I might be exactly the same way in those exper- if I had those experiences. So it was really cool to get to know people, not just about their headlines or their careers, but for who they really are. Like Stormy Daniels talk about talk about headlines, and she talked about how the ninety seconds with Trump was one of the worst experiences of her life. I know it, that was crazy. <laughs> 90, ninety seconds as all it took, I guess. <laughs> crazy, crazy, and Stormy's so cool. Like she's so funny. She's mm-hmm. so so funny, and she's so cool. And that's like a another experience that I, I grew up in a very conservative home where I was raised mm-hmm. like pornography is from the devil you cannot watch it (laughs) and so then i'm put in with this uh, woman who is an entrepreneur a businesswoman you know she does so many things she's so smart and brilliant and funny and yeah she might direct porn and star porn and write porn and win all these awards in porn but like who am i to judge you and what you do just because of like my constructs of be like be raised a sort of type of way so I thought it was kind of funny they put the polar opposites together and also it's really, really cool. <laughs> That's one. And, of course, uh, also joined by Fanky Muniz from uh, Malcolm in the Middle, Kim Coles, August Alsina. Um, so that rounds out the cast of uh, the other names we already mentioned. So who will you remain friends with after this is all over? I'm very close with Manny. Like we talk, I don't know, a couple times a week at the very least. And he only lives 10 minutes down the road from me. So I definitely, we hang out a lot. We went to Coachella together. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. And I took him to his first wrestling show at at the Forum, at AEW. So we're super tight. Um, But I also talk to Tamar all the time. And um, I have a group chat with Tamar in August. And we stay in touch. I love them. Um, Dennis has like, no joke at least seven burner phones like as there <laughs> I believe he's like it. pulling out another burner another burner another like uh, phone number he's like oh, <laughs> love his style love his style i'll find you um so <laughs> yeah I, i'm cool with everyone but those are the people that i talk to the most that's awesome now uh the first episode uh we saw luce libre challenge and that must have got you I mean, what were your feelings about that particular chance? Because, you know, you were previously in the WWE last year and sadly released from your contract. Uh, but I want to get into the wrestling stuff a little later. But uh, how, how did you feel doing that challenge? Oh, my gosh. I couldn't believe it. Like, when we showed up at this iconic ring, I was an arena. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, you literally got to be kidding me. Out of all places, you bring me. And um, they wanted us to create a character. And so I just, you know, started creating... Svetlana, who is the same as Lana, you know, yes. the same, it's just a shorter <laughs> version. It's like Mike versus Michael. And I, I don't know, that was the time that I re- I realized like, no, I'm not done with wrestling. I'm going to go and I'm going to take a little, this is a different chapter, but I will return back to wrestling. And when I do return, I'm going to burn the house down. So I, well, that's, I, that's can, we, can we segue a little bit into the wrestling? Because Obviously, uh, Triple H uh, is now the create the the head creator 
uh, with WWE, uh, head of creative, and he's been hiring a lot of former talents back to the roster. Um, I'm just curious if, uh, you know, if any, either party has reached out to each other for a possible return of the Ravishing Russian. I guess you'll have to stay tuned. Um, I bet they have the tank I... in the warehouse still. So you're good. <laughs> yeah. The tank's in the warehouse. No worries. In the garage. Uh, I, um, you know, with wrestling, the, the thing that I love about professional wrestling is everything is possible. You know, there is no, we live in a scripted world where mm-hmm. we're from an endings and it's a soap opera and anything can happen. And can AW, WWE, you know, any other. Right. Company. And, and that's what I love about it so much is that it's endless amounts of opportunity, endless amounts of using your imagination to tell compelling stories. And I would love to return to wrestling if it's WWE, if it's AEW. I love okay. H, you know, he I think he's a genius when it comes to storytelling and I love to work with him again. Would would you be okay with just doing a managerial slash valet role, or or is your heart just saying I have to be an in ring wrestler? Well, if you ask Dennis Rodman, Dennis Rodman told me on the show like at least fifteen times, like I was about we were about to get in a fight, and I'm like I'm gonna lose to Dennis Rodman, so I'm not gonna get in a physical fight with him. Uh, but <laughs> no, he kept on being like after we went to the ring, and I started doing this character and I introduced Rodzilla, which I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm introducing freaking iconic Rodzilla, Dennis Rodman. Um, <laughs> and he, like his respect for me completely changed and he pulled me aside and he's like, hey, you know, I know you want to keep wrestling, but you got to do something iconic. Like you're incredible on the mic. You're incredible as a character. You're incredible as like a manager in real life am on screen like you're a hustler you're a negotiator you know how to maneuver and when he said that like I was slightly offended because I'm like I'm only 35 years old what the and you know times have changed but now I realize he was really just saying go be great like you're gonna only be good in the ring and you're gonna compete against the Charlotte Flares and the Rias of the world and the younger and the faster and the stronger well go do something that's iconic and it kind of hurt my feelings but sometimes the truth hurts and so yeah Mm -hmm. if i of course i want to wrestle again but i want it to be story driven versus like i am here to become champion you know no i'm here (laughs) to make the best champions and attached to me you're going to get opportunities and so that's ideally what i would want to do um i really like to become the greatest manager of all time and come for Paul Heyman's throne, you know, burn down, burn down the walls. I, I, I saw you as a modern day, uh, Miss Elizabeth when you were doing the, the whole ravishing Russian thing. I mean, like I, yeah. for, for someone to step into that quote unquote valet role and take such ownership of it, it, it like, you know, Miss Elizabeth, you know, even with the subtle stuff she was doing, you know, was just larger life and, and, and same with you. So, I mean, I, I, I thought you were incredible and, and I would love to see more of that. Oh my God! Yes. Thank you. Miss Elizabeth is one of my favorite characters. Um, it was Miss Elizabeth, Paul Heyman, Stephanie McMahon, Vicky, Sherry Montel. Like all of those were the people of why I so fell in love with wrestling. Because yes, it's physical, and if you take um, all those people except for Miss Elizabeth in WWE, every single one of those have had those people have had matches and pretty iconic matches. At that you know. Like the CM Punk versus Paul Heyman at, um, I mean, they're, yeah, it's like not maybe 
you know, luchador style, but everyone is so emotionally invested because yep. they're resolving their conflict in the ring. And sometimes we just want to punch someone in the face. And that's the great thing about wrestling. We can. I mean, <laughs> but. Bobby Heenan would take one bump a year and that bump meant so much. And this is a guy that took, you know, 50 bumps a night. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. And I should add, like when you were managing uh, Rusev early in your WWE career, you're uh, a heel character, but the crowd still chanted, we want Lana, you know, or, <laughs> you know, every single time. So as, as a heel manager, that, that means you're totally over with the fans, you know, might have to do with the short business cards, uh, maybe, but uh, <laughs> probably. <laughs> it was their business acumen, Al. <laughs> and you, the business know, acumen, of course. Thank you. Um, that, I had so much fun in that time, and you know, I think you know, talking about definitely the short skirts helped for sure, and the blonde hair. But um, I think also the importance of having really great heels because um, Miro Rusev at the time was was so hated. Like so, there was no one more hated than him so it just like turned me standing up to him when he wanted to kick me back to russia and just me standing up to him that made me like instantly a baby face or a good guy and so i just think that you know in wrestling if it's wrestling or if it's comic books it's marvel dc any type of stories like we have to have we have to have hated heels if you don't have hated heels then you you don't need anyone to save you exactly agreed I was curious on your thoughts on, and also Amiro's thoughts on the storyline with Bobby Lashley when he had to kiss him a lot on, on camera. Uh, I was just curious because those kisses were, were pretty passionate. <laughs> <out> of it. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I'm an actor first. I started off as a professional dancer and that's as a professional dancer, you know, you're kissing people starting at the age of very young because, you know, their love stories at Swan Lake, the Nutcracker, everything is basically a, a woman in distress that needs saving from her, you know, Prince Charming. And so you just learn to be so comfortable with your body and partnering and love, you're just telling stories, you know, and yeah, it might involve being intimate with someone, but you just kind of it's the job. And then as I segued into acting, those were the roles that were given to me a lot of times. It was like either the girlfriend or the cheater or the escort or the hooker, you know? And so <laughs> I was just like, cool, this is what Hollywood is telling me my like is believable. Then I'm gonna do the best version of it. So when Paul Heyman called me about this story, he was the showrunner at the time. I, I knew it was money. Like I knew this story was money. Like, yes, we might be hated, but I knew numbers <laughs> were gonna be crazy and I knew it was gonna be money. And then I was standing in Gorilla and Paul Heyman's like, come over here, just better make this the best kiss possible. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And then Vince like brings, like he wants to give me a pep talk. He's like, this better be like, this is this is gonna solidify if this story is gonna sell. So you better like give it your all, like your career, depends on it so that's what i did and it wow. was i'm surprised mira was okay with it though i mean we're actors you know yeah. this is this is like yeah wrestling i understand that wrestling people want to believe everything is 100 percent real and right it is like the best stories are for sure the blurred line you know the Charlotte versus Becky when Becky turned on Charlotte, you know, of course, but also this is entertainment. And like, there's only so much that we can fight for the championships. How many titles are there? So and then what happens to everyone else? Like you're only supposed to be with your sig real significant other. Are we going to tell stories that are interesting and compelling and do numbers and make us all money? 
I'm for that. Yes. Al, Al's always trying to practice kiss me, and I'm just like, it, it, <laughs> there's not even a part. That's true. There's a script here, Al. Jeez. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> what superstar, whether it be AEW or WWE, would you love to work with when you return? And you haven't yet. Oh God, you're you're crazy. With Is that a question. tough one? Um, I love to like maybe revisit some things with Liv Morgan for sure. Yes. You know, I think. Yeah, definitely. I would love to revisit that. Um. Or are we talk about WWE or AEW growth? You can talk about both, yeah. Oh, God. Or if you take the other path and go to AEW, who would you like to work with? I mean, of course, I would love to work with my husband. You know, I have such a connection with him when it comes to our work, and um, it's exciting. I love I love wrestling. I love creating and entertaining. So I love to share that experience with him. Um, but, yeah, I guess I want – to create if i could i don't put one person in the box i feel like if i start okay. giving you names then it's like oh god <laughs> oh god there's a bunch of you know different things that could go go wrong but i love to develop a management company that has reps wrestlers and wwe or AEW, wherever i end up going and that become champions and i'm the woman with the champions and that's really my dream so that's awesome. Well, maybe tall men and beautiful women, all different types. <laughs> <laughs> that certainly works. That certainly works. Well, uh, let's go pivot back to the surreal life a little bit. Um, you've had some interesting uh, experiences in the first four episodes. Not only the Lucha Libre challenge, you did a, um, a yoga challenge, which involved horseback riding, where you actually stood on a horse. Um <laughs> And then uh, at that same location, there was a chapel, and ironically, a few of you had beers or alcohol and were swearing in the church, which I thought was pretty pretty funny and ironic. Uh, <laughs> and then, of course, there was a soccer challenge where you did um, not only soccer, but with an inflatable ball surrounding you guys and faced off against a group of teenagers. Uh, and then, of course, there was the dinner in the sky where a lot of uh, dirty laundry was, was aired out. So out of the, those experiences, which one uh, resonates with you the most? Of course, the wrestling one. I I love wrestling. I love being in that ring and I love playing a character and um, love being a heel. Love being a heel. And so even in that moment, I was like, God, I love this so much. Uh, but definitely the hamster soccer. Yes. That was so funny. Like, I was crying. Like, I'm out there. I can barely breathe. Like, we're claustrophobic. It's hot. It's like right. this like air. And I am like, I'm like, I'm going to freaking beat these kids. And I go charging in. And I was just, <laughs> these kids would just have me flying. And, like, literally doing these crazy bumps and twirls. And I couldn't breathe. I was laughing so hard. I was crying. And then I'm, like, looking at the camera people like everyone is crying we're all laughing so hard and we just needed that because the night before there was a lot of drama and i want to say maybe the dentist thing had just happened and we're it was just like heavy atmosphere so to have where we're all just laughing so hard it's like 
laughing is good for the soul and we got, we got to make it happen for ourselves. And it, it was great. And I'm like, I don't care. Keep on, let me keep twirling. Knock the shit out of me. <laughs> as long as people are laughing. And, and you won that uh, hamster soccer challenge against the teenagers. Thank God. I mean, <laughs> you would have lost a bunch of kids. That would have been something oh. for the ego, I guess, right? I know. And uh, so us four are really competitive. Me, Manny, Frankie, and Tamar really bonded over being super competitive. And us four, four were the people that did every single activation. We would play cards at the house. Like everything always turned into some type of like you know, sibling competition. And I, I craved it. You know, I worked in wrestling with women where we all we do is compete. We love each other, but we all want that spot. And so it was cool. It was like, oh, that was my happy place, you know, a friendly competition. Awesome. And you revealed something very interesting on episode four when you spoke with a spiritual love uh, person and that you revealed that you uh, are trying to get pregnant. So, uh, yeah, is that maybe a reason why you haven't signed with WWE or AEW yet? Or yeah, I definitely think that I I took it as a sign, and I'm not saying you know I have I mean I'm not pregnant yet. So I yeah, at first I was like maybe this is this my time to be spend more time with my husband because I was on the road so much and we were separate and at you know we saw each other maybe a week a month during all of 2020 and the majority of 2021. So I was like, oh, maybe it's going to happen. But um, yeah, it hasn't happened yet. So I just, I, I go with the flow. All right. Oh, one interesting thing on episode two, uh, you were making the, the ladies a little jelly with uh, your bikini bod. <laughs> and uh, okay. I certainly appreciate. Hey, appreciate. Yeah, I got to admit, uh, yeah, you looked uh, amazing. Thank you. Thank wow. You. Thank Absolutely you so much. amazing. I, I can understand why the ladies were like, man, they, I, <laughs> they didn't want to do the same thing, I guess. I wanted them to. Like, I feel like so often that we, and I, under, that me and Stormy talked a lot about it because, mm -hmm. you know, she, she, people, we all sometimes can get insecure about just like opening up and just being who we are when it comes to, it could be a bikini, it could be, you know, whatever it is. And I think it's because society puts all these constructs, you know, all these, like, you're supposed to look a certain type of way. You're supposed to be a certain type of size or certain age or certain eye color. And it's just like, screw it. Like, F it. Like, just love yourself. The people, that's contagious. Like, when you love yourself and you're confident, people are drawn to it. And that's one of the best, I think, attributes people can have is confidence. I love it. And of course, you're rocking some darker hair than we're used to seeing. Yeah. Yeah. Love, love I'm, the I'm look. I'm blonde. I'm not going to lie, but I needed, I needed a break. Like last year there was an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I just needed a departure from the blonde, uh, from that, the ravishing Russian character. And now I want to go back blonde. So we'll see. <laughs> nice. Uh, we also got a movie uh, called uh, Wife Like. Uh, the trailer looks dope. Uh, it's about AI, and, and uh, it stars Jonathan Reese Myers and Elena Camporis. Tell us a little bit about your Holly character in this film. It was so much fun to be in the movie with Jonathan and Elena. They're amazing actors. Um, phenomenal. Elena, I, I feel like she has a crazy bright future. She's so, so talented. So mm -hmm. it was really cool to, to work with them, and my character was... Um, 
originally it was an escort. And um, then again, you know, when you do edits, a lot of things can have change, but it was the only human, like female in the movie besides like the cops. Yeah, everyone else was AIs. And so there, the whole point of this character was to basically be the love interest of one of the guys that essentially sacrifices himself to help save the day. And um, so I was like, oh, that's really interesting. I guess they're like, this is the real love story. And I'm like, oh, this is really interesting. Like the character's an escort. But that was his whole point is like, this is such a different world where norms and standards are so different that they still can find love. And I thought that was a really beautiful thing. So it was really cool. It kind of like changed a little bit in the final the final edit. But um, I like that they had chosen to take a, a character, a job, uh, a career where we often society might look down upon and go, no, 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 this person deserves love as as well. You can fall in love with this person. And I thought that was a beautiful thing. Again, so in the like, end, do you remain an escort or, or is that changed through the edit that you're not? That, you, don't, you don't, I mean, I guess you could kind of pick it up, but it's not like literal. Like we were yeah. literally showing that type of stuff, like him paying, like all this different stuff. So now, I mean, now you know what it is. So then when you watch it, you can be like, oh, this is the backstory of it all. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you, I guess you can kind of get the drift. Did, did, was that a suggestion on your part or was that just, just, you know, like producer and director decision, you know, moving forward, uh, like after filming or was that something you were like, Hey, does she really need to be an escort or or no? (laughs) That was, that was all them. Like I had no, I, like I watch it and I, I, I see why they like changed it a little bit because it tells just a different type of story a little bit, um, more. And so that was, you know, it's the, you kind of, they say, movies go through three different changes and it's like the right writing and then when you film it and then the editing is a whole other and that's very much what happened um but it's cool I mean it's I learned so much from that from about filmmaking of there there's so many things that we can change from adding a different cut or music or the different sound different reaction um so I learned a lot I've learned a lot from it a, a, I, a, fun, a fun suggestion story. Uh, uh, Al, uh, uh, my friend Rhino from my first season of Survivor. I, I, yeah. I believe you've hung out with Rhino a couple of times. And anyway, Rhino, uh, he, do, he does like film work in L.A. And, and he was an extra on this uh, Emilio Estevez show on CBS. It was some cop show. And so he's he's a he's a he's an extra with. Uh, uh, so basically uh, the character, it's, it's a woman being interrogated by Emilio Estevez and my friend Rhino is supposed to be her husband who just, you know, stands behind her and that's it, you know, no, no lines. He just stands mm-hmm. behind her. <laughs> and so right before filming, uh, Rhino, uh, explains to Emilio and others that, uh, uh, the husband would not just sit quietly behind her, that he would, uh, that he would say something and he would be aggravated. And here's the words he would say if Rhino and, uh, Emilio uh, uh, politely and promptly escorted him off the set. (laughs) It was, it made me so happy. (laughs) Oh my God. If he was a principal character, that might've had a different story, but he was a backup (laughs) actor. So that, (laughs) that that explains that one. Um, Do you you have any more, um, as we wrap up this interview, do you have any more um, bucket list acting roles that you'd like to do? I know you've done Pitch Perfect, one and two. 
and of course this wife like um are there any other acting uh jobs or uh, roles that you would love to do oh my god of course there's there, i have a long list of stuff but um i do have a movie coming out where i'm playing an assassin a deadly assassin oh which is really exciting and it's going to be on paramount plus um i can't give all the details yet but okay. it was really cool because the character was inspired from the undertaker and like visually and Yo. yeah i know i know <laughs> i know that's and awesome that's it, it so crazy and then also the character was written for a man originally and then i had black hair at the time and the character had black hair so one of the eps was like, well, what about CJ, you know? And then they, I was training a lot with swords and weapons and I got the I audition, I got the role. And um, it's really cool because I got to be with incredible people, like work with David Zayas and um, just a lot of other people that I was kicking their asses. And <laughs> um, so I was like, wow, this is such a departure from WWE where I always had to wear pink and I always needed saving, you know? So right. it was cool to be the, the ass kicker and being dark. Yeah, the badass. And, you know, I love stuff. it. Undertaker. So that's, that's really exciting, but I love to do more things like that. I love to do more action stuff and either serious action or action comedy as well. You know, I, I feel like I'm good at making people laugh, even if I'm kind of the butt of the joke. <laughs> and but as Certainly long as so. laugh, you know? in surreal life, you're very, very entertaining. CJ, this has been an incredible interview. Uh, thank you so much for joining us here on Below the Belt Show. And before we end, if you could do a little promo, uh, let us know who you are. You could throw out surreal life, WWE, maybe throw in uh, the line of voice and let us know you're on Below the Belt Show. Hi, I'm CJ Perry. I am formerly known as WWE Superstar Lana. You can see me on Surreal Life on VH1. Subscribe to cjperry.com for all the tea and exclusive content. And catch me on Below the Bell. Love ah! it. That's great. <sighs> Let's do a uh, nice little photo up. In three, two. Awesome. CJ and Rachel from PR Machine, thank you so much you. Uh, for this awesome uh, interview here on Below the Belt Show. Thank you so much. I had so much fun talking to you guys. Awesome. Great chat and fi finally meeting. I, I, so I was I was in TNA wrestling and all that after my first Survivor. And so, yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> our yeah. paths never crossed. But <laughs> Oh, my God. It's so nice to talk to you and meet you. And I'm sure I'll see more of you. Oh, yeah. This yeah. So so much fun maybe we can like lock up sometime or something headlock takeover there you go i'd Sounds love to great. see that match i'm sure fairly <laughs> yes <laughs> you'll, you'll win i promise you win <laughs> awesome uh, well thank, thanks for having me on now and uh cj thank you good luck keep keep it up you're, you're kicking butt yes. thank you so much thank every you every monday night 9 p.m and hopefully in uh a wrestling promotion soon yes yes <laughs> yes Yes, 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 absolutely. Bye, guys. Bye, Bye. guys. Bye. 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 Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, it has been a ill show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, until next time, keep chilling like a villain. Bye, goodbye, goodbye.